was where we left off last week. You know, winning. Which apparently just nobody can be happy with for five <laughs> seconds. Nobody can just be I'm happy. happy about it. Except Dara. Dara's having a great time. But we had to walk away from a lot of things that we wanted. In service of the greater good. In service of what is also our country. We've wanted to really, really badly kill <laughs> this guy. <laughs> This guy here on the, the cover of book four, General Maxwell Pythereus. <sighs> we didn't get to have that happen, which is you know, sad for some people. Whoops, specifically named Kahina. But he is at least exiled, banished to Absalom, yeah. disallowed from re-entering the country, which for Pythereus is probably a fate worse than death, honestly. <laughs> as far as he sees it. Nori, laugh, stood 30 feet from the man that killed her father. Finally, maybe able to avenge him for good and for the good of Taldor. Did not. Stood down, put his personal grievances by the wayside, and walked away. Baylor's just mad. He's, he's always angry. He exists in a constant state of... I mean, I figure at a certain point of lawful evil, you're just constantly displeased with something. It's how you got to lawful evil in the first place. If you were really pissed, you'd be chaotic evil. And if your life was better, you, maybe you wouldn't be evil at all, so... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I started at lawful neutral, and just as more things annoyed me, yeah... Kind of just shifted down. <laughs> so am I wrong then? Yeah, you're it sounds not. like I've about appropriately summarized <laughs> Baylor's descent into lawful evil. <laughs> but we left off with a coronation, with the crowning of Empress Eutropia Stavian, the reuniting of Taldor, and finally, after a year standing empty. Putting someone back on the Imperial Throne. The days and even weeks that followed were of celebration. Massively in Apara and massively throughout the whole of the country. Even people who may not have agreed with the way things panned out or the particular appointment <coughs> um, are still very happy to at least have some, some leadership something to get everything in motion again. And it's really the first time that Taldens as a whole could finally put the Exaltation Massacre behind them. There wasn't an Exaltation Day this year, or I would like to imagine obvious reasons. But perhaps now this would be the only one that was missed. The months and even years that followed after that were ones of peace, final quiet, and progress for the nation. Even before all of this had started, Grand Prince Stavian did not take a particularly active role, you could say, in ruling his country. He kind of existed in a state of limbo. There's very little 
but he cared enough about to intervene in personally. And as he waited, so too did Taldor kind of stagnate. And honestly, he wasn't even really the first to say that. Uh, he was Stavian III, but even Stavian II accomplished very little, largely just coasting on the accomplishments of his father before him. It's been a long time since anyone who really, really wanted to get something done managed to take the throne. And boy, oh boy, does Eutropia want to do things. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this has been her driving motivation since the very beginning. She has always wanted to follow in her ascension to the throne after her father moved on. The way it happened, obviously not what anybody wanted. But in the intervening year since her father's death, which, by the way, party who spent the entirety of four books utterly convinced that he was still alive somewhere yeah <laughs> got that the entire war for the crown Ex i was i'm sure expecting him to show back up at some point it's one of those almost i hesitate to call it a double blind but it just mm. feels like it was so certainly a thing that was going to happen that the fact that it didn't <laughs> the fact that it didn't is almost a twist in and of itself. In the intervening year, she has seen a lot of growth and been forced to kind of see the darker side of the country she wanted to lead. Her, you guys, and Martella put a lot of yourselves into the War for the Crown. And honestly, your actions and your decisions may very well have shaped the ruler she ended up becoming. But as she rose, the fears that Pytherius and many of those of the South had had seemed to be largely unfounded. She both took a firm hand against any threats or rivals from neighboring nations outside of her influence, but also made sure to create new alliances or maintain existing ones as much as she could. Uh, her focus on international diplomacy was something that a lot of people had not really expected. But perhaps in the light of this war for the crown, she has seen the inherent value of. But as we sit now, ready to head into a new adventure, it's been nearly two years. Since the coronation. Nearly two years since you left Zemar, and I assume probably never any of you returned for any reason. Never. <laughs> it's been a solid winter, and then another. And now brings us to Midsummer, Erastus of the year 4720. You're adventures were not exactly unnoticed. Well, they may have been stealth missions at first, they may have been subtle. What you have done for Taldor was impossible to keep out of the limelight forever. The intervening years have seen a great amount of fame and fortune almost literally just hurled at all of you. And with your job complete, 
having finally finished helping Martella with the task she have asked of you now three years ago to help her with some things <laughs> to get Eutrophia <laughs> on the throne. I'm sure it's been interesting. So let's let's look at that. I don't want to hand wave over two years of finally getting to tend to your own lives, to your own exploits. Inori, I guess we'll just go around the circle here. After the coronation and after the celebrations in Opara and throughout <coughs> Taldor, what's happened in the intervening two years? You no longer have Martella and this mission hanging over you. You no longer have this grand purpose. Hell, you no longer even have anything really tying you to the rest of these people who you just randomly met three years ago because you've agreed <laughs> to try to run some notes at the yeah, Exaltation right. Gala, which went terribly, by the way. Very badly, yes. I don't think I forgot. Oh, and Ori, I, I don't understand High Heels Dent, though. <laughs> <laughs> Tripping over our own dress. Failing oh. to literally be a court page. Was, it's because she hadn't met me yet. How long ago that was, my goodness. Three years. And half that long in real life. Yeah. Half that long for us, the players. So, how was the aftermath of War for the Crown treated you? Okay. Um, I wrote a little something here. I'll just read what happens. Story time. Uh, story time. After the Empress takes her throne... Nori begins to reflect on all that has happened and how much she's grown along the way. And that strange feeling she had on the rooftop in Zemar that fateful night with vengeance in her sight and her friends at her back, a subtle thought or a voice crept into her mind's eye and all she could hear was, don't die for me, live for me. It was so fast but not something she could soon forget. So after months of being back to hunting bounties with Dara, Dara decided to, or in a way decided to create a professional mercenary group that is different than your typical, typical company. Uh, they would try to do some good out in the world, maybe even make a living in the process. They would only work for clients, either Dara or Anori vetted themselves. All members of this group must adhere to a very specific set of rules. If not, immediately would be discharged and answered to Anori personally. That also, sounds like a threat. Right? right? <laughs> all right. Also, only the most gifted warriors would even be considered having to pass a rigorous test, only to impress Anori herself in 1v1 combat. Which, of course I mean... Is. That alone is sounds like a pretty hard job resume. You did one v one Blackwalker, who has this a lot of true. experience with uh, well, the running an assassin's guild. So I'm actually getting to her. Oh, really? Oh, okay, enough, yeah. okay. Yes. The high sentinel members would all receive hand carved solid black onyx bird foots with talons extended, like a pin to wear, and a code name. Uh, example: Red Sparrow or Night Owl, um, given by Honori herself. Wardness of the Onyx Talons is the name of the group. 
Second in command is going to be Dara Rostam, Kingfisher, rank of High Marshal <laughs> slash advisor. Yes, yes. You gotta have code names in this code, business. Okay, but I know mean, you said you of mentioned course. that there were there, but you actually have code names. Yeah, there are you code didn't names. You just mentioned there are <laughs> code names. You made actual code names. Okay, <laughs> solid. What do you think uh, we half-ass this? What the heck? Yeah, come <laughs> on, not, no. <laughs> Clearly you, not. Me two years. Um, <laughs> uh, High Marshal, which is a great title, I thought, and an advisor, most uh, her most trusted friend, and one of the fiercest warriors she's ever seen. Obviously, no doubt, has to be the number two. Third in command would be Black Walker, whose handle is too cool to change. So we're just gonna <laughs> leave it Black Walker. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. fair. I can't. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Anori has nothing but respect for her abilities and would need to know uh, how, as as well as her unbridled skill, if this thing was ever uh, going to get off the ground, you would absolutely need to have a black walker on the squad. Uh, after some convincing, once she realizes the potential for coin, I'm sure she would be on board. After that's getting funny. the... Oh yeah! I mean, come on. Who doesn't? If you're if you're good at something, you got to get paid for it. That's the the best thing you can do in life. Uh, after getting the talons off the ground, building right where the White Raven shop was, and expanding into surrounding areas, areas, honoring her father's love for the people of the Narrows, she would hire some of the people that live there to help build or even staff and maintain the headquarters hopefully stimulating their economy like she helped do back in stockies with the group. You're going to like this one. Oh, okay. Next, because she never forgets, Anori would return to the silken thread and calmly announce that she is buying the place. If anybody remembers this horrible place. This wasn't place. even on the Paizo channel. This was on my channel. I know. This was before know. we even came here. This was like 14 months ago, and you're still mad about Puppy Still Munchers. mad about it. Still okay. mad about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know who came up with that. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, Puppy Buncher. Jeez, I forgot about how horrible the title that was. How that was you what you called her. That wasn't her actual name. <laughs> I must have blocked it out of my memory. She had a I did name. You guys called her Puppy Muncher. Muncher. <laughs> well, upon firing everyone immediately, in the coming days, she would have the site leveled and then in its place, build and open up a homeless animal shelter. Oh my God. <laughs> which she would donate some of her personal coin made with the talons to help maintain. Justice. Justice. <laughs> I own you now. You're all fired. Go home. <laughs> I have six kids. I don't care. <laughs> fired. You work at this place? Fired. <laughs> um, every month or two, Anori would travel to the, <laughs> to the palace and spend a day to train young Carius in the ways of the arcane, and if permitted by the Empress, maybe a little bit of the sword. We'll see, you know? I mean, well... Yeah, that's okay. I always keep maybe it's just because we've made fun of you for so long that I do always forget that you like as a magus you are 
a full prep caster. You like you've studied and learned all this just like a wizard was. So I was gonna say mm -hmm. I don't know if you're really qualified to teach Carius magic. Maybe it's just the constant overshadowing by Baylor has at this point finally gotten <laughs> wow. <to me. laughs> constant yeah. overshadowing. So Did he just say that after I leveled, yeah. shade. After I leveled your soaken thread. Look at the anger in his eyes. My goodness. <sighs> <laughs> I make one cool store. It's not just you walk in and there's a weird hobgoblin selling maps, and you come back in your epilogue just to crap on it. Okay. <laughs> years later, though, there's a slow burn. Yeah, it's like three years later. You come back in. I'm buying this place. Everyone's fired. Bulldoze the building. This is an animal shelter now. <laughs> what do you do with the spider? What do you do with the spider? Uh, yeah, what happens to the spider? I wouldn't kill it, but he would not be allowed to stay here because <laughs> now it's, you know, there's going to be a lot more pets. I mean, it is a uh, place for abandoned pets, so I mean... I feel like we do need oh no, a little bit of uh, context. Act. Yeah, context here, because a lot of these people here that are going to be watching this stream now okay. are seriously going to have no idea. Also, yeah, I can totally turn your secret names off on the screen. You guys don't need your secret identity names anymore. Those are gone. Thank uh, God. Goodbye, Argentea. I, I never knew you. We need some backstory on Silken Thread because this was literally yeah, 14 months ago and it wasn't even on this channel. So when our journey's beginning in Opara, I tried to make, as any nice GM, you know, a scene, make some shops, uh, make some proprietors some names some characteristics you know make some some interesting figures to interact with rather than you just walk into potion mart and purchase your crappy cure wounds potions or whatever and one of them that i was pretty proud of that brent helped me come up with was a place called the silken thread which was a tailor that dealt almost entirely and almost exclusively in woven silk goods and their secret was that they had, from its own backstory and adventures, they had an enlightened, or awakened rather, awakened is the word, an awakened giant spider in the back who worked for them, who was friends with the owner, basically. Uh, the back storage room was a dark nest where that spider hung out and spun them all of the silk they used to dye and make their goods. And, I mean, it, it, as a, any dinner table sized spider needs food regularly and in decent amounts. So the way the proprietor kept her fed was by going to the existing animal shelters slash the slums and picking up abandoned or stray animals that were like starving or sick or miserable out in the streets or had been in a shelter for like a year because it has three legs and one eye and no one wanted this piece of crap puppy and feeding them to the spider which now I actually also don't remember what its original name is I don't feel oh, like yeah. digging all the way back to that file so it's puppy muncher which is where the name come from <laughs> and Anori was incredibly upset about it <laughs> the only one in the group that was upset about it by the way the so only upset that she apparently came back three years later to fire everyone who works there. <laughs> and just kind of then 
release an awakened giant spider into Opara, I guess. Okay, there's. I hear there's a new bounty hunter group in town that could totally. Could yeah, we could totally it. escort this thing out of here, <laughs> one way or another. Alive it's sentient now. <laughs> it was already sentient. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That, like, oh. this is an awakened spider. It's not just a wild animal. It's... Yeah, like, it can talk. Well, it can't because it doesn't have a mouth, but, like, it can understand common. It doesn't have a speech parts. It has, like, fangs and clicky bits, so it can't really talk back, but, like, it understands language. It's awakened. It's intelligent. Whatever. <laughs> it's got above average intelligence. Whatever. Is how it throws it under the rug. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> You shut down the silken thing, throw a puppy muncher out of Apara, fine. Hey, I know the Empress, alright? That's what I got. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fingers of Eutropia. We're gonna poke the, gonna flick the spider out the back door. <laughs> two of them, specifically. Oh, there were two? I thought there was one, but... No, two fingers, flicking. Okay. The motion, yeah, with a flick. <laughs> two fingers. You and Dara. Anyway, every two months or so, she would travel to the palace and spend a day train young Carius in the ways of the arcane, and if permitted by the Empress, as we said, to possibly train him in a little bit of the sword because you needed to learn how to defend yourself in these these hard times. Eutropia would not only let you; it would actually very much encourage it. That while she knows absolutely nothing about magic herself. She's kind of renowned for her sword play. That's sort of one of the biggest things that Eutropia is known for, oh. is being an exceptionally skilled duelist, uh, duelist and not generally taking insults without drawing her own rapier. And while Carius would be very much interested in beginning studies of magic, he would not really want to learn to wield a sword. Eutropia, however, would very much insist on him following up with on this offer, and would in fact join you to make sure that he was paying attention and learning. Fantastic. That's fantastic. But the, you, you introducing this whole new thing, Anori would absolutely need to spar Eutropia <laughs> at least one time. Just, I I'm mean, sorry, I might even... I gotta, I, we gotta fight. This is this the rules. <laughs> Just to, you know, I mean... For As fun. an example, to show Carrion. Yes, we got to show him technique. You know, <laughs> it'll be yeah, that'd be great. And that again is absolutely a thing that you could do. Uh, in fact, if the you tried to, let's do it. Well, I don't. Uh, oh, you don't have is... to really. <laughs> well, I was gonna tell you, like, if you wanted to do that very shortly after her ascension, like after things had started settling, and you're like, hey, we do all this stuff for you. You wanna like, you wanna fight sometime, you know? Just you don't have to, but. <laughs> um, you were you were level 12 at the time? Yes. She is a level 13 swashbuckler. Oh, and she would absolutely destroy you in just a sword duel. So I wouldn't even have to let her win. She would straight up beat me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic! Yes, yes, you would. You would not be letting Eutropia win. Eutropia um, would take you apart in a she, in a no magic one v one like oh, yeah. sword spar. So, <laughs> it I, would be damn impressive. 
Honori would take that beating with a smile on her face. She would love every second of it. Nothing like uh, fighting somebody that's super strong. She loves that. <laughs> and it's Princess Utropia. Oh, yeah. Empress and Utropia. Empress Utropia. Empress Utropia. And of course, before I would, I would go. I mean, if if Carius did participate, he could be an honorary member of the Talons, but he has to have a code name, and I have one picked out for him. Oh, cool. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I think it's perfect. Okay. Rainbow Peacock. There you go. It's all yours. Regular Peacock wasn't doing it for you. You had to add Rainbow in there. You got to have Rainbow. Yes. It sounded better in my head, apparently. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we will divert to the fact that Anori is socially awkward, and he would probably just look at her like, all right. He is sure? also like a 13-year-old boy who, I mean, I'm not an expert, and what 13-year-old boys are into, but I feel like Rainbow Peacock wouldn't be super high on his excitement scale. What's he gonna name. say? No? Come on. I mean, Maybe. he has lived at the Palace of Birdsong, and there's no, peacocks I mean, it is, no, that's, That was the first thing I thought, was like, he lives in the, he's lived in the Palace of Birdsong for so long, it's it's the Stavian holding, like, that was what I, I assumed that was what you got it from, was the Palace of Birdsong, yeah. the horde of peacocks that are on yeah, yeah. out there. Right. But he will have mixed feelings on this code name. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Roll me to 100. We'll see. Let's see what Carrius thinks. Don't make take me all flex. the code names off, the, off this here. D100. Hubbing. Oh, it's a 42. Yeah, he's less than enthused. Yeah. <laughs> less than enthused by this, but with a kind of awkward smile he will at least attempt to, uh, to humor, humor, humor you <laughs> in your in your naming conventions okay he's like well you kind of saved my life so yeah, like, I, 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 just, here's your code name rainbow peacock did I ever tell you how, how uh, thankful I am for you saving me from, from Yonmas that was great I uh <laughs> I really appreciate everything that you've done for me, Anori. Uh, well, no the problem. name, though. Oh, it's... Oh. Well, I mean, I really appreciate everything you've done for me and my sister. Sure, yeah. <laughs> of all the code names you could have given me, that's one of them. <laughs> <sighs> well, I'm, I'm going to take off then, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, just... I, I have to go... Get back to yeah. Prince Prince things. So uh, yeah, sure, I get it. Was good, um, uh, it was a good good lesson. I, yeah, hey, I feel like I'm improving. Five? Yeah, You're I, waiting, not that. I, that was that was weird. Let's just no, yeah, okay. Okay. yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Moving on. Mm -mm. <laughs> on, on a more serious note, uh, she would absolutely continue the the studies of her, while, while continuing to study her magic and elevating her own powers, she would constantly be looking for new ways to free Ciaran's soul from the Black Blade and somehow return him to his own life. Maybe Obviously his own body. Obviously on the list of things Ciaran is interested in, that is yeah. two 
number two of the <laughs> That's only number two. two. Find the psycho tracks. Get me out of this goddamn sword. So yeah. he's pretty on board with that. So in the a way, it's his lowest priority. It is yeah. well his lowest of his two priorities. Yes. <laughs> and along the way, never stopping the search for Jareth. Even with all the resources now, the man is a ghost. He's now gone I, to ground, I'm assuming. I saw on your list, because of the years hence of yeah. having the gratefulness of an empress now, mm-hmm. has come with more than a small fortune. And your mercenary company's continued success and renown, growing renown throughout Taldor has brought you a lot of coin. I did see on the list of things that you purchased with said coin. Yeah. A literal crystal ball. <laughs> is that, uh, related? Well, yeah. I mean, it would be, it, it makes finding people a lot easier for one. So, yeah. That would be I mean, great for the the general bounty hunting regardless. Right. Yeah, that would kind of be like the free low bounty hunter. Like, I have a crystal ball that divines you. Oh, who's this guy we're tracking? Oh, all right, I'll be back. Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> He's hiding in this dude's basement across town. <laughs> but yeah, definitely after getting frustrated with not getting anywhere with trying to find Jareth, finding other means. And if this, no matter what the price and the amount of money she's got, give it a shot, you know? Well... Early after you pick up the ball, you would, I assume, start trying to scry any information about Milo and Jareth. Mm-hmm. And generally, you would find nothing. It would return as if the man no longer existed. Uh, not just giving you useless information, but giving you no information at all. But one day... Maybe a couple months after the coronation, it would finally pick up something. He appeared to be on the outskirts of a mining community, but one that you don't recognize, uh, and one that looks like it's possibly been long abandoned. If it's even within the bounds of Taldor, There's almost no way to say. But it was something. Pursuing that further didn't lead you to no leads so much as it would lead you to an inordinate number of leads, uh, being completely impossible to follow them all. Uh, Even just within the country itself, Taldor is a nation that has fallen far in the last few centuries from the once glorious continent-spanning empire it was. And even just here, there are dozens of villages that could have fit that description from what little you could catch. And even after possibly visiting a handful, you'd realize that this this would be a journey of years to check them all and one that it's unlikely would even pay dividends in the first place. Well, that would frustrate her further. Uh, Never again would your scrying return anything on my Really? So I, I saw him one time and then never saw him again after every time I try. 
One time. Wow. Okay. Um, realizing, I mean, I anticipated that then he would probably not be found, uh, but she would try to switch her focus and maybe trying to find the circle itself is the answer to finding him. But thinking about that, she realized the, the, the raw reality is that Panavar would kill her. No doubt in her mind. And upon one evening training with Dara, she would become frustrated and begin yelling at him about how we're not getting anywhere. What's the point? We're not getting stronger. This isn't working. To beat Jareth, to beat Panavar, I need to find a way to use this untapped power I feel inside me. And then she would just storm off from that. And that same night after everybody goes to sleep, she would write Dara a letter in her chambers in Talon HQ saying that she has to leave. It's the only way. Knowing that if she told him to his face, he would demand to come along. But this is a journey she has to take alone. Nori had heard stories of a legendary monk in Tian Sha named Shun Asin, whom she heard was so skilled, he once defeated a trained assassin seated while still sipping his tea. <laughs> she needed to seek an audience with this monk. Perhaps he could help her unlock her true potential. She would be gone for 10 months before returning today. That's me. My Why two years. Return too, back to Apara, back to I Onyx would walk, Talons. Onyx Talons. I would walk right back in the front door like nothing. I was even gone. Could you make your We One epilogue any edgier? <laughs> Literally going to Tianja to train in the mountains for a year. I dig it. Don't be jealous of it. this. Yeah, don't be Did jealous. Did you get those of cigarettes that? while you were gone, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So, so Dara, you were hey, a part of this. Back. You were a part of this then. You uh, you stayed with the Nori after the coronation, and you helped found this mercenary company. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I. I do. I realize I'd realized this before. When we had first um, battled with Panavar, very heavy emphasis on like only yeah. Yeah, battles is battle. battles a strong word. <laughs> when you first met Panavar, when we first met Panavar, it was obvious to everyone that we were just truly unprepared, and. It's not that I want to die destroying the Psychotrax or trying to destroy the Psychotrax. It's that I want to destroy it and do it successfully. So just trying to do it and failing is a waste of everyone's time, including whoever sent the message to me. So I am also... I, uh, um, although everything outside of my mission is peripheral... I can use everything outside of that to train me to continue on in my mission. Yeah, that would be a reasonable, I'd say a definitely reasonable effort toward fulfilling your gears because you are fully aware that you can't walk up to Panavar, kick him in the shin, and take the Psychotrax. 
And like, obviously, yeah, this power didn't return you just to rush in and die. So just yeah. getting stronger absolutely would be working towards your gears. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so me and uh, Nori train quite a bit. Um, and, but for all that's happened, for what Panavar, uh, not Panavar, for what Pytheria said to me when we were on top of that uh, building, um, it really saddened, it was really saddening to hear that uh, suicide was is one of the main options or wanted like that some of the veterans were just so desolate that they thought that suicide was the best option so uh instead of having followers for my persona phases they're actually just members and so it's uh we have basically a veterans group but it doesn't just have to be people who are veterans. It, it's, it could be in like standing military. It's basically just a support group. Okay. Um, and then it can also be training them in a way that'll keep them uh, as like well-oiled fighters that can still protect tall, uh, like uh, Taldor. So it kind of keeps them, and it will. Uh, we're we're trying to make informed fighters that can help train other citizens, because it's if like you a look militia, at like, almost. Yeah, yeah. In a minute. And Minutemen. the ones, <laughs> and then the uh, uh, anybody who's particularly uh, stands out, I can see if they would like to work for me and Anori. Um. Or if they want to go work or continue working for uh, Yanmas, because there do seem to be kind of quite a lot of places that could use, even not in Opara, that could use help. Like I don't know, Stockies was full of very dangerous things for no reason. Marat was <laughs> full of very Marat. dangerous things. <laughs> Not no reason. It's the Verudin well, yeah. Forest is right there, which is yeah, one so... of like outside Kionin, possibly the next strongest center of Fey activity, yeah. and and lends itself to a lot of those kind of magical beasts roaming around. And that's kind of on the borders of Taldor, and yeah. the Forest of Superdeath is right there. And since uh, for a part of Nell's story, the trade is going to be really opening up in uh, Marat County and Apara. So um, it'll be easy enough to get more men who know what they're doing <laughs> down there. So anyways, it'll just be like, the, there's always use, uses for people who are, are good at what they do, especially in like for fighting off whatever happens. You don't want to see another Jambus, basically. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so, um, and if there's like slight flight, uh, fight club tendencies every once in a while, I mean, it's just getting off, you know, frustrations. I mean, we're all a lot of people who are really good at fighting. It's not going to be fight club. It's just uh -huh. because we're training. Uh-huh. Okay. I feel the fact that you feel the need to include this tells me that you are lying to me. But no, that's okay. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, so anyway, so, but it's, it's fairly obvious. When Anori leaves... 
Dara is, is fairly resigned. Like that's just the thing that's gonna happen. And if she thinks it's gonna better herself, it's also it's bettering the group. So that he's going to stay. So I'm gonna stay at uh, our just kind of oversee things and try and keep 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 everything running. Uh, but I will be fairly restless. Uh, it's difficult to stand still. If it's difficult to sit still. No matter how hard training is and how much I feel like I'm improving, I'm still looking for better pieces of armor. I'm still looking thing for things that may like be useful because I am just getting ready for a mission. I'm not just sitting and doing things like I'm getting ready, actively getting ready for something. Um, and then the leftover money that I have, because I don't need all that money. That's so much money that I've been given. <laughs> That, uh, it I turns up... out getting the Empress back on the throne and unlocking the Imperial Treasury comes with pretty much as much money as you could ever want, almost. Yeah, and so, and I, but I'm also like not a politician or an economic strategist, so I don't really know where the money goes, like where it would be most effective. Right. But I do trust Utropia, and so I am going to send the extra couple thousand gold. Uh, to Utropia with the intent that it gets to rebuild the border towns along uh, Kadira. Okay. So that, that would have been lost on the Ember yeah. Night and never really rebuilt. Well, yeah, and and that were just recently burnt down from, you know. Yeah, Pytharius, Pytharius. <laughs> it was, it's, yeah, it was like and I feel bad occasional for Kadira and for us and for Taldor because one of our leaders was like, "I guess we'll just, you know, burn down those couple towns." <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so I, I'm gonna have, but I can't do that myself. I'm not a politician. I'm not. Right. I don't know how to do that. So I'm gonna send it to Utropia with the intention that it goes to those places. Yeah, I give direction. So, Inori and Dara, you would be putting together this Black Talons thing. And shortly after Inori left, this isn't quite two years. This is the, this this whole time skip is on the order of like nineteen twenty months. It was early winter, and it's gonna pass through the next year and then pass through the summer after that. But if Inori's gone to Tanja on her monk-finding, soul-searching Batman adventure, it would definitely be <laughs> sometime after she had left, but not too long after. Around a full year after the coronation. Uh, are you... Are you running this... This whole operation of yours, trying to put together this kind of support group for soldiers and veterans alongside the onyx talons is this like something that you run out of the it's same sort of really, building it's, it's, or is it a it's um i'm not a psychiatrist nor am i particularly good at talking to people <laughs> so i Sorry, am no, actually good i am just a member of this group and the followers I, that's how we kind of came together is that they were my followers but they changed to we are just members of this group that support each other okay Fair enough. So I'm so not, not even really it. claiming leadership over this. It's just no. it's kind of organically it, happened. Yeah, it just sort yeah. of rose up and is now at least some level of a group that exists. Okay, well, the, the Onyx Talons headquarters then, which I imagine, especially after a noise departure, is where you would generally be found. 
every now and then some adventure mercenary bounty hunter comes through having either seen firsthand or heard the tales of the onyx talons or possibly even the fingers of eutropia's adventures before that believing themselves strong enough or worthy enough to join the ranks and the vast majority of them probably do not <laughs> but sometime around the summer or around the next winter early almost a full year after the coronation and alamashan early whatever the month after alamashan is thought it was kuthan but i forgot you would have a familiar knock at the door, and as this duty has now largely fallen to you to accept contracts, vet them, vet recruits, <laughs> you sort of got kind of saddled with this. Yeah. Open doors. The thing Dara has never done <laughs> ever in his entire career throughout the War for the Crown. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise the Takanari so hard when she gets back. You would see a familiar and wholly unexpected face. Hitcher. Oh. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I would probably reach forward and, and poke him. Just poke him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like kind of like like push his chest a bit and be like you reach out and he, he stands there <laughs> about the same look as always kind of grim on his face tight-lipped and stock still with a backpack and then a second larger satchel over his shoulder uh and a sword at his hip and just wouldn't say anything immediately and you'd reach out and poke him <laughs> Have you returned as a ghost to hunt me? And he just kind of <laughs> looks down at your hand and back up at you. Have you gone mad? I would, I would, I uh, stare at him super duper hard and try and sense motive. <laughs> I'm going to the most stare at this man. All right, roll me a sense motive then. Okay, that's okay. With the 39. I am Look, the most I see staring. a 17 on the die. I, I don't know what you're trying to sense. You sense I've seen that... Rakshasa. Are you kidding me? I am so... Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You know Rakshasa exists. Your Mylan Jarrett senses are tingling off the charts right now. And, uh, Especially because it was Mylan who told her who told that Tachar was, yeah. was dead. Yeah. And uh, he... Seems wholly confused, and I mean, if this is somebody, okay. I mean, you knew Tachar for years before the yeah, campaign happened. If this is somebody impersonating him, they are doing a pretty spectacular job. He looks like he's aged a lot more than a year in the year since the coronation, and the year and a half since you'd seen him last. It probably wasn't that far, like uh, 15 months or so since you'd seen him last, since you ran him out of Yonmas and destroyed his mercenary company. But, uh... But he seems legit. It's he seems legit. definitely him. Okay, so I'd... I'd clasp both hands on his shoulder and be like, Tachar, you have no idea how good it is to see you. Look at you being all alive and whatnot. It's just 
Moth has mercy. And, and I kind of looks you up and down him and literally the... reach out and like remove your hands from your shoulders. <laughs> I see this may have been a mistake. No, come in, come in, come in. And I'll actually grab the front of his jacket and pull him inside. <laughs> pull and him into the office balance building. <laughs> and uh, he is there to attempt to join. Mm-hmm. In the years since, in the immediate aftermath of your last meeting in Yanmas, the Cozen Bravos, obviously, largely fell apart. Weren't really a thing anymore. Uh, once word had gotten out that not only had they been hired to do that job on Mercondus's behalf, and though they just did what they were ordered, they were in large part responsible for Yanmas's woes, even if they didn't really know about them. And even then, they were routed to you in their own ambush. Well, that's kind of the end of a mercenary company there. And Tejar has no idea why you are so excited to see him. He has no clue what's gone on and appears to have no indication that anyone thought that he was dead or why that had a... Uh, had ever come up, and if you bring it up to him, he just is confused. But he has had a fairly difficult time recovering. That said, he's seen what you've done. He's been around an Opara in the Vagabond camp on the south end of town, underneath the Grand Ridge, just living the homeless dream. And finally decided he'd had enough of just kind of wallowing and feeling sorry for himself and his failures. I was going to do something about it and come attempt to join your mercenary company and become one of the talents. Mm-hmm. Apparently, any anything that had even come up, uh, whatever Jareth had told you, he may well have just fabricated in an attempt Eared. to shake your confidence. He never does that. It's almost yeah, like Jared's not a trustworthy person. A spy <laughs> master lied about a thing. Huh. Super weird. Who would very, No one could possibly have predicted this. He does not like you. And he definitely does not like Inori. <laughs> and the fact that he only has to deal with one of you, seeing as she is gone... Because I'm a little more confident than I had idea to show up in the first place. He's willing to work. He is a trained lieutenant. And his skill at arms is only outmatched by his own tactical mind and understanding. Uh, exactly for what you are looking for. When he was a sergeant, he trained platoons. He drilled them. He taught commanders tactics and maneuvers that was what he was known for that was how he rose through the ranks was his mind and his ingenuity and whether or not he passed in or your qualifications to become a talon it would certainly be a useful if somewhat jaded asset to your new organization of followers well, I don't think either, like, neither me or Anori are exceptionally well-practiced at teaching things. <laughs> so, I mean, did. we're... 
Yeah, so we're good at is in we know how to do it, but it is a different thing teaching. So yeah. I would try and kind of gauge, I don't want to bring up like any really sore subjects, but over the next couple of days, I would try and gauge to see what had happened to his dwarf, the woman dwarf. Uh, Holgra and him would have just ended up going their separate ways. Uh, Holgra actually would have attempted to return back to her family in the Five Kings Mountains. Uh, having left Taldor for good after they kind of fell out over the fate of the Cousin Bravos and the company falling apart. The rest of his mercenaries he kept with him also ended up just leaving. Uh, as that group dissolved, so too did his network of friends and support, really, kind of leading to him just being bitter and alone in Apara. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really have to like me. Uh, there are plenty of other really cool people that we're surrounded with, I'm sure. And probably plenty of people he also knows. Yeah. Having come from a very similar background. Uh, I would be interested in the... And I do remember the dwarf was an interesting person, so I would be interested in the dwarf. But, um, uh, yeah. That's certainly good news. <laughs> good I would definitely news welcome him. And on that day, when Inori finally returned. I would also have a return surprise party, like, just waiting. I would have a... You know uh, when she's going to come back. No, 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 no. Every day. You know like awards <laughs> every day. Well, I would have a plan so that if there were a ward that went off that knew she in particular was around or in... I don't know if she can just, like... I guess you'd have to just, I don't know, walk in. I don't know if she can teleport in. I would probably know this, but I don't know. Maybe You don't. You have no idea how magic works. You have no clue what it already can do. <laughs> okay. So I would try and get some kind of board or someone who is uh, watching out. We'd have lookouts around town. Anybody see, see Inori? If anybody sees Inori at all, we'd run our drill to like, get into position. <laughs> <laughs> full on mob attack when she gets back and then probably be really surprised with how much she's improved and she'd probably wipe the floor with most of us so you want to jump her you <laughs> yeah. and all the onyx talents want what? to ambush Inori when she yeah. returns Yep. what other reception is there I yeah. mean it is a mercenary yeah. company <laughs> How else do you welcome someone back, I suppose, than by beating the crap out of them? So, or getting the beat, you know, the crap beaten out, you know, depending on how it goes. That's, you know, maybe not the best way to reintroduce Tainchar to Inori is attacking her. She'll appreciate her. it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll, it's all fun in games until you know someone dies or something. Until Inori murders Tainchar. <laughs> Well, he probably wouldn't be a part of the attack group. He'd probably strategize. He's more of a strategizer than like a... <laughs> I mean, this is something you'd absolutely be happy to plan. Planning an ambush to beat the crap out of Inori Dentho, 100% Tachar's got you covered, fam. Don't worry. He's worked with mages in the past. He's worked with a war priest. He's got a general understanding of how magic works. He can't do it himself, but hell yeah, he can plan for it. I mean, working around wizards and magi is a large part of military strategy in, in uh, Galarian, so let's do it. <laughs> I 
I don't I don't think it'd be very successful because we honestly have no idea how she fights anymore. Because well, she how... probably would have trained. But still, it's the you thought that counts. You have also been training. Well, I know, but it's an unknown. As where before it was, as we know intimately, like how exactly Anori was going to go about a fight. Fair. And now I'm not quite so sure. Well, after this here ambush uh, that you'd laid waste, and possibly after a little actual uh, catching back up on whatever Anori has, however Anori's journey has gone and whatever you've done in the interim, but not much, very shortly afterwards. Into the lobby of the Onyx Talons, someone would teleport. And you would recognize them as one of Eutropia's court mages. Uh, you wouldn't really be on like a name basis or anything, but it'd be with someone that you would immediately know would probably not, he's not here to kill us. This is, uh, one of the Imperial Magi. Would this be, like, a thing that we had set up with Eutropia at some point? Like, yes, yeah, so your mages can come and teleport to our entryway. Or, like, no, we no. don't know this and may kill her <laughs> by that is, accident. That is, that is uh, not a thing that has been preordained. No. Well, I guess we get into positions. This is what we've been for practicing that. for! <laughs> Two arms, men! <laughs> we'll come back to that in a bit. So, Kahina, we've covered the Onyx Talons and Nori's new mercenary company. How many bags of candy did you buy with your newfound fortune? Several. Yes. <laughs> yes. The answer you is yes. You live in a literal gingerbread house in the woods. <laughs> I might, right outside Being of Being a chaotic evil witch out in the woods living in a house made of candy and sweetbread. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. Actually, actually, um, after right after the coronation, uh, I stayed in uh, Opara and uh, went back uh, as requested by uh, the mages or the um, Bard's College, and uh, went back to the Bard's College and started doing um, some teaching and a little training. Um, like the top level of the Kithronian Academy, the not Kithronian the secret and spy and academy, spy the academy. actual like, Bard College. The actual Bard College. Um, and I then, and also though, maybe every once in a while, if Lion's Blades came wandering up and said, hey, we need some help with something, she would definitely take and, hey, we might need a couple of recruits. Do you have any Bards that you might think might... Yes, I happen to know a couple that I think might be. They know you're the around. They, yeah, uh, Zaylar has worked with Zaylar, you in the past. Zaylar knows how to find me. Uh, so Zaylar would find me, and occasionally I actually would ferry several agents to either her or Martella, uh, bards that uh, are have particular strengths. Uh, that I think that would be useful and who uh, they themselves have a love for Taldor uh, and their country as well and would be um, very, very into um, helping that way as well. Okay. Um, so while doing this and whether we were just on missions or just personally, um, I started my own basically my own bard troop 
where I sat down and took some time in that first couple of months while I was in Opara to write out our adventures. You um, didn't get to go to the circus, so you're going to make your own circus. I'm going to make my own circus. Fair. Um, You've so... more than the renown to pull all uh, many of the Mute. greatest actors, minds, and talents throughout not just Taldor, but even neighboring nations to come work under you, to come learn uh, from Kahina Abendego, one of the greatest bards Taldor has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am able to take some of that time because right after the uh, coronation, um, of course, my father was pardoned. Uh, and with a little bit of that money and my own wealth that I uh, gathered after launching this troupe and we start performing throughout Opara and then uh, going on out on tour, um, would was able to um, start uh, my uh, parents' business back up again. So their merchant trade uh, between our homeland uh, and uh, Opara opening back up our merchant ships for our families. Um, so stabilizing my family again put me very much at ease about um, some of what had happened. Um, but of course, there was one thing that didn't completely sit well with me. Uh-huh. And that would be that certain military leaders did not, in my eyes, get what was coming to them. Get murdered Which, enough. <laughs> well, I would have been content with a lifetime imprisonment, but that was not in the cards, and I understand where Eutropia was going with it. Um, I understand she needed to save face. As being a face myself, I understand. So allowing the princess to do or the empress to do what she needed to do but then after a couple of months had passed and i had um really solidified myself with not only the lion's blades and helping out martella but having this wonderful cover of an entire troop of actors that i could go to different places uh and be able to go on tour i found myself in yanmas calling on my good good friend Blackwalker. Blackwalker's not uh would not be found in Yanmas. Yanmas. Well, so I find I find this out. I get there to go call on her and I find out that she has actually moved back to Opara and she is uh actually with Anori. Everything's uh, come back to the Onyx talents. <laughs> and so it's coming back. So I send word to Anori that uh, the next time I'm in town, I would like to uh, speak with her. Um, so traveling, doing a couple of shows before, not too long, I guess, before Inori leaves, um, I find Inori, take her aside, and explain to her why I'm not telling Dara about this, obviously. Um, but much like she has felt that robbed of her... Um, ability to seek uh, what she considers justice for her father uh, that I was also very much denied mine. And convincing Anori, because I am very convincing now. 
Well, I don't think that's a hand wave thing. Anori, <laughs> what would you, uh... That's definitely not something we're hand waving. Um, no. Why do you, uh... That he wants to hire the Onyx Talons to too... go to Absalom and murder. Not necessarily General to Pythereus. have them murder, but to make sure that he is alone and to provide backup so that I can have my revenge. So you're saying you require a protection detail for you to do something. You need to get done, right? Exactly. I need a protection detail in order to go to Absalom to take care of some things. I mean, I'm I'm definitely gonna help you out. I mean, we go way back, Kahina, but you sure you wanna do this? I definitely am sure I want to do this. All right, we'll, we'll find him for you then, and come with us. So for a very short amount of time, um, travel with Black Walker and a couple of the other Onyx Talons into Absalom to find a certain just banished So you'd make your vet. way and I know this would still be when you and Dara are around so how would you handle this necessarily? What is your plan here? She quite clearly doesn't want Dara involved for obvious reasons, I would imagine. Because it's Dara's fault that he got away. Well, uh, just like any other, you know, taking somebody alive job, we would we would do what we need to do, take them, get them, and uh, present them like a present for Kahina somewhere and out and uh, out in the middle of nowhere, I guess, and then uh, sort of just turn away. So, more than what are you telling Dara is going on? Oh, <laughs> you were trying to build detail. your your lawful, your good, your personally vetted, morally just mercenary company. It would be me personally and Blackwater, like not everybody else. Okay, just the two of you. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be like the whole. It would just be me and Blackwater and Kahina. I mean, it's maybe some of Blackwater's former associates. Yeah. I do feel kind of responsible for her not getting hers at the same time. So it would it would kind of be like, I don't know, it's not the rightest thing in the world, but it's yeah. also a favor for a friend. Yeah, And the deal was struck, obviously, that... If, and I'm not doing it myself, per se, so... That if Anori does fine, and that uh, Kahina would... Uh, that I would also keep my eyes and ears open in my travels looking for Jareth as well right. for That's Anori. That's a deal I guess Anori can't really turn down there. Right. Mm -hmm. She's always traveling. So you, everywhere. Anori, Blackwalker, and perhaps some of Blackwalker's former associates make your way down to Absalom as Kahina travels with her new bardic troop in tow to execute your mission here, your final vengeance on behalf of your friend. Uh, Pytherius is not terribly difficult to find. Uh, though exiled to the Starstone Isle, he is still a major figure, and his retirement is only so quiet. He still has a decent amount of contact with people back in your homeland, back in Taldor, and using your 
leveraging your follower networks. It's not difficult at all to track him down. You and Blackwalker lead this assault, planning it up as you always have, readying to stealthily snatch and grab, basically, just like you would return any bounty. Uh, just like you would have by this point done many times in your months working together with your new ally here. But Pytherius is not any ordinary bounty. He is an exceptionally skilled, trained, and very paranoid old man. And thanks to you know, a lot of your personal progress, Nori, and your own skills, you would be able to extract him you would still get the better of him and be able to present him to Kahina. But not without the loss of Blackwalker. Who he would personally strike down during the attack, as along with several of her allies. But you do manage to succeed in the end. And then as you present him to Kahina... Hope it's worth it, Kahina. It's all yours. Will it be worth it when you find Jareth? Absolutely. I'll be over there. And just walk around and look him in the eyes. You escaped justice from Taldor, but you did not escape justice from me. Goodbye, old man. I would with feign him. surprise, but you had always been unhinged. I had hoped some of your more rational friends, as he looks directly at Inori, would perhaps have been able to temper your wild fantasies. But I see you've overwhelmed them as well. No. She just knows what it feels like to lose your father. You took mine from me for many, many years and stole from me time that I would have had with him, that my mother would have had with him and my brothers and sisters would have had with him. And of course, for your justice is above that of the law and the gods, as you've always seen it. No children will mourn you. More will praise me for ending you. And with that, Glaive. Strike him down, of course. Once and for all, ending the former general, Max Lapitharius. Late justice, but your justice nonetheless. And sadly, um, I will help Nori uh, with Black Walker and the other fallen Onyx Talons and getting them returned. And then once giving, helping Nori uh, with that as Nori leaves and I go back to my troop as I was as I'm walking back 
for our next performance. Um, I run into someone who is waiting outside of my tent uh, that I do not recognize. Um, but he is standing there and very slowly starts to clap and introduces like sarcastically him. sarcastically or like, like actual slow clap? Actually, okay. actual clap. And tells me that was possibly one of the most brilliant performances he had ever seen me in. That it's beautiful to see such vengeance executed as that was. After speaking with this gentleman, like trying to deny, he then also wanted to thank me. He'd been trying to find a time when he could speak with me alone to thank me personally and to pass that on to my friends for dispo disposing one of his older enemies in the Archbanker of Zemar. This is Torsan Takar, who is an ancient red dragon. And as speaking with him, he uh, and hearing of our tales and our ups and our downs and our woes, um, he especially gleaned onto the several times where I had spoken of uh, being almost struck down completely and how just barely surviving and makes me an offer that if I will come and stay with him and he can become my main patron that he would share with me some of the more ancient uh, dragon arts so much like Inori went and found herself a monk I leave Dara and our fake marriage behind <laughs> And, I don't think uh, that's been a thing for a minute. But for thanks. quite some time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now have uh, a new patron and friend uh, in Torsan Tekar. And am now a dragon disciple. Okay. Along with... So. Okay. I find myself as a partial dragon disciple. Huh. That's not where I expect. That's not where I saw that going. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... So, I've learned many ways in the arts of old dragons, of this from this ancient red dragon. Um, and, uh, yes. Who I now, who has several places around, and I travel and stay with him when I'm in any of the big cities that he has opulent homes and so, so just just to, to double check just just to make sure mm -hmm. we're all on the on the same page uh and i may make sure i'm i'm right yeah you know red dragons are chaotic evil right you're this is a thing i'm like i'm, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure i'm sure you know that i'm just, just I'm making, very making much double positive you're aware this is like the peasant village raising Random mass killing kind of dragon flavor. This is the <laughs> oh shit, damn. This wow. is that that shade of dragon. Okay, <laughs> this is that shade of dragon. This is also yeah, this is that shade of dragon with a big old hoard of gold. 
She is that well is aware. That is most of them, yes. <laughs> okay. she, is, she is well aware, and this this red dragon is slightly less raised the town, and uh, much like the archbanker, has found more political ways of taking care of his opponents, which now he has a bard that can travel around and get into towns easily and dispose of people if they ask. And or has a cover, because here he is. He's really embracing his... the chaotic evil thing, I see, with this. Part of me thought thought there was going to be a redemption arc at the end here. I was clearly mistaken. <laughs> this is... All right. Fair. Fair. Fantastic, though. Like, you got a, dra a full red dragon Full buddy. red dragon sugar daddy. Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. Fair enough. Well, look, let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> switch to the other gear. No. <laughs> let's, let's go, go from horribly bad. <laughs> let's go from mass evil to the opposite of that, probably. Although, where, yeah. so where do you where do you usually you travel around a lot? That you don't really have anywhere that you stay regularly before I switch off for of you, Kahina. You don't have like a um, main. Well, like I said parents and he has a home in Opara and a place in Yonmas and she occasionally travels through and I mean she's much like Nell she doesn't pay for drinks she shows up with the troop and performs yeah, I mean, yeah. and whoever's whoever's who you know Dame Crab and whoever else is like oh hey my old None friend of you're you pay here. for drinks anymore like will we like please come stay at my mansion and you know she that's what she does wherever she goes. Who's the richest person in town? Well, oh. Speaking of Dame Crab specifically, let's say on this day in question here, that is where you may have ended up, perhaps. Okay. Uh, having tea or a meal and just catching up with Crab, who you got along with fantastically during your time in Marat. And uh, speaking of Marat and the Crab family, Nell! <laughs> How's your two years been, buddy? Well, uh, how many that, chaotic evil dragons during the murders have you committed? That was a ride. That was a <laughs> wild adventure of, of a story. The fitting yeah, of art, so, I suppose. I've got two years, a marriage to plan, and um, I don't know what the hell any of these people are doing. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Can I ask her to marry you again? Yeah. Absolutely. I did ask Sepsidia to marry you one time. She said, in the try past. again later. And, and you then the disappeared magic for eight months. Try again later. And then you disappeared for Without life. a letter, without a note, without, without a word, <laughs> on a spy mission. For... Yeah, we're, we're done now. What do you say to her, though? It wasn't. That, to be fair, you were only in Zemar for like a month ish. So I didn't only... even have enough time to send a letter yeah, back. He only disappeared no, we for were, like a no, month. No, we were also at the college. Yeah, we had oh, all the, the training. Oh, the forgot all the training. No, yeah, you did disappear for like four months. Holy crap, yeah. Four or five months. You were gone for four or five months. Yeah, you just... Asked I did send a letter saying what was happening. She said, uh, maybe uh, maybe later. You're like, see ya. <laughs> she just <laughs> faded out and just dissolved like snap. I'm gonna go become the hero of the entire country. Then she oh, can't yeah. say no, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say no with a finger of Eutropia, who was personally responsible for the Empress's ascension. Well, hopefully not Sepsidia, peasant village crab, who, uh. 
That's so, fair. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that I need to take care of out here in Murak County. The first and foremost being apologizing to Sepsenia, explaining what's been going on to the best of my legally allowed capabilities, and um, generally just making things better. Uh, repairing the, oh, sorry, I gotta go, this, that, and the other. Just telling the whole story of what's been going on. Give it the filler in on why you just vanished for <laughs> months at a time with no word. I, mean, I a didn't lot of get a warning. I can't give her a warning. Stories. That's yep. fair. That's fair. I've... I I want to make you roll D100, but... Come on. I'm... It could be plus 10 or something. Oh, plus 10. That's pretty much right in the middle. That's the I solid mean... middle that we've all come to expect yep. from Nell Stalwart's D100s. That He's got two so, years worth of D100s. You have all. two years of D100s. I mean, yeah. You, <laughs> this is me she, coming back and apologizing. This is you coming back and apologizing. I mean, it's solidly in the end, solidly centered. It's, I mean, she understands. No one's going to be happy about it, but this, like, no, I yeah, saved the country. I, I was busy saving Taldor. And I mean, this is still the token for Subsidio. Yeah. <laughs> you were well, gone no. for so long. She's <laughs> <That's> so sad. <laughs> it's just so sad. Because the only you. the only token art is still cursed, Sepsinia. But yeah. she is very. She's not mad. She's disappointed. <laughs> yeah. She is yeah. very firm in that. This is not a life she sees herself living. She doesn't want. <laughs> to marry a man who is never there. Uh, a man who is always abroad serving the interests of the country or the queen or the gods or whatever. She wants a simpler life. And now that the country is saved, that's exactly what I plan on living. I have businesses to open, I have a city to repair, and I plan on living here in Marat County. I'm done with the games and politics. At this, she would give you another hard... Maybe later. And here's the idea. I... I feel as if we've barely even met and every time you've returned here for a week or a few at the best of times it's been like introducing again I do very much enjoy the pleasure of your company now but things like this need time and if you're serious then it sounds like it's more than time we have. Time is not the issue anymore. I can assure you that. Well, then. And she would extend a hand to you. Let's start again. Very well. And over the next few months in Murat County, that is, you would hold true to that. You, well... Kahina 
is off doing whatever she's doing with the dragon. Being fabulous and, and um, with my and, troop. And Inori and Dara are putting together a mercenary company in Apara. You build a much simpler life in western Marat County. And given time, finally, that you haven't had since you were in Marat before, since you were in Marat under your fake guises, this love does truly blossom. And after some time, perhaps the spring, as the cold months are ending and planting is beginning anew for a new season throughout the county, you would find room for a successful proposal, no stalwart. And you would get your wish that you had wanted <laughs> for like three bucks. I keep getting yeah. called away to do superhero things to arrange a marriage here in, I'd imagine, Moost. But continue. This is your epilogue, not mine for you. No, I, I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate you fleshing that one out so in the meantime while living in the area there's a very large issue we have that was actually brought up earlier while i was uh while i was listening in speaking of jambus and the current state of affairs in that giant spiders everywhere yeah, yeah curses and death so i'm gonna pick up bubo and i'm gonna pull kados out of a bag of holding which is Kados' new... You've been carrying Kados around in a bag of holding. Do yep. mimics need to breathe? Yes. yes, but the mimic can just poke its, its tentacle out and breathe. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure on that before you went... Okay. So <laughs> you have... You have a bag. I have a bag you. box. You have a bag box. God. Or would that be uh, a bog bags box? Are you making him, like, ooze through the opening of it? Because they don't go very wide. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing that the Mimic can do. Kados can't get in and out of this bag very easily, but it can get in and out. And uh, you get Bubo, and you, apparently you just carry Kados around with you now. Yeah, so Bubo and Kados, and myself, of course, we're going to go have a little adventure in Jambus to see what we can do about restoring this town and turning it into a permanent place of residence. So you you develop your little A-team here. I mean, at least Bubo is fully aware of the fate of Jambus and what he's getting himself into, and Kados is just here because there's meat, and Kados is having a great time. But after... Uh... A few fights, some of Kados' particularly nibbly assistance. I mean, you're a 12th level fighter. Bubo is a fairly skilled. Bubo's a goddamn Medusa Slayer! What are these crappy <laughs> CR4 giant spiders gonna be to him? Bubo killed a Medusa! But, uh, Kados is also there. You guys could certainly fight your way through the town. This is not a one night or even like a. A one-week venture. The town is truly cursed. Uh, the extent of which would become more and more clear as you made your way through trying to fight 
uh, fight against this tide. Whatever advances you made during the day seem to be replenished in the nights, as near-infinite tides of these arachnids would just crawl from seemingly nowhere. Uh, swaths of the town, buildings you may have cleared, or giant webs you could have removed or burnt would restore themselves literally overnight. The town is thoroughly damned. And not something that a, a sword arm alone can prevent or end. Well, I just so happen to have an answer for this in the form of a lot of money in a church of Abadar to come so, and... We just, just go ahead and slap onto the A-team here. Lady Pearl, sure, why not? We'll grab an yep. archbanker. I mean, this would very much be in her interest, of course. This is cursed. Please help. This is exactly what she needs. Uh, sword Do you hands. ask her if she's a dragon first? <laughs> I think I would be able to tell. I could tell the other dude was a dragon. How exactly do you ask her this? You found out he was a dragon when he literally body. told you he was a dragon. Her dearly departed son again. They don't know that was necessarily your fault. They don't? No, we were. How would we, they? We, Nobody survived to witness that. You killed the Archbanker, you killed Gusern, and you drugged the Inquisitors for this true. exact reason. But we, what, we nobody were, we knows returned. that was you. Gusern knows if they rezzed him. They he didn't, didn't revive. It, he didn't accept right. it. He, he, he wouldn't come, come back. back. So we returned his body and said he fell in defense of Pytherius right. before Pytherius's crimes were brought to light while he still thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah, and you return the body to her as an apology. You didn't show up and say, hey, we killed your friend again. <laughs> hey, we yep. killed your surrogate we child were, again. Like, yeah, we were coming here, so we offered to bring him with us to return him to you. So now is a fifth level quest giver now. And yes. he has returned to Marat <laughs> County to raise a new party of adventurers <laughs> instead. <laughs> because he isn't doing this work anymore. He's got the exclamation point over his head. He's going to send the new adventures of Marat out to do his bidding and buy the power of money and the archbanker and some of her cleric's magic and the friends we made along the way. You would be able to unravel the curse hanging over Jambus. <laughs> leaving That's a whole you... module all of its own. Yeah, this is its own adventure. <laughs> but this is a this is a, a a task weeks in the making as you return Jambus from a cursed ruined village to a regular ruined village. But one that the residents of Newtown under Baronet Vort are more than happy to repopulate and work to rebuild. So now, for my master plan. It is time to spread the wealth and build the economy of both Marat County, Opara, and all of Taldor as a whole, and spread some worship. Oh, this is not a chain of bars. Well, it's also that. It's also that. <laughs> okay. Spread <laughs> <Through laughs> drunkenness. Museums of Shalen, as well as taverns such as the Stocky Sundry. Hmm. Okay. 
So you're gonna, Museums you're gonna of Shaolin. You're gonna pick up the slack in the Shaolin worship left by the other Shaolinite in the party. <laughs> <laughs> Look, her brother is pretty evil, and she still loves him. So I feel like she still has some love for me. <laughs> is that how you see yourself? I am Zon Kuthong, and Shaolin still loves him. Does that your your legal or your mental justification for this? I don't know, dude. Okay. Dead anti-paladins of Saren Ray think I'm a goddess? Yeah, sure. <laughs> of Saren Ray. <laughs> but it gets even better uh, okay. because you. You know that 3D paint that I've been carrying forever? Oh, no. Yes? I'm going to be providing that in every museum for children to play with, eating the cost up front, using the profits of my own infrastructure to keep it going on its own. Children can do that no cost by just so you're gonna coming to the museums. Contract powerful wizard or sorcerer somewhere to create a regular supply of these marvelous pigments. Yep. And I also have another reason for contacting this person, but that's a that's a story for five you're minutes. You're aware this makes, like, this could make solid metal and stone objects, right? That's why the kids would only get small amounts of it. Okay. okay. Small knife. Small, small knife. <laughs> But they they could pay whatever they want. No, you need to um, give them larger mouths or else they'll choke on the things they make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is, sounds like a lawsuit to me. No children <laughs> under three can play. Yeah, with no the children pain. under three can play with the paint. No, no children under three. It's a good thing we don't have the. Uh, Thank you, know a politician who can watch out for you here, because yeah, this this sounds yep. like a litany of lawsuits in the making. But, but uh, it's a fantastic way to turn to turn more people towards worship of Shailen. And that it is. I can't argue with that. And, I mean, if you are producing the Marvelous Pigments, there's nothing to say that you could create them instead of providing... Because what do Marvelous Pigments do normally? It's, like, wood, stone... Metal, anything non-precious. Yeah, anything non-precious. If you're having it made specifically for you, that you could make a more directed form of this. Children-friendly like paint. Yeah, finger paint. paint <laughs> Marvelous. Marvelous finger paint. Marvelous finger paint. Yes. Finger paint. I now love it. develops marvelous finger paints. It cannot can, be metal, stone, it, or splintered wood. It can only be soft materials. Cloth and felt and clays. Uh, nothing that would be able to create something hard enough to be dangerous. And Nell develops marvelous finger paints. I made Play-Doh! Baby's come. first wondrous item. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Literally so, baby's first wondrous item! <laughs> so, after making such a fantastic name for myself... And it's very brightly colored, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It has to be. So, after making such a fantastic name for myself in Jambus, in Marat County, and having the infrastructure and the, the people that I know in Opara. And after having gotten, and ha after having made contact with this particularly powerful caster through my... Marvelous finger paints. 
Yeah, through my marvelous finger paints, but my litany of contacts that would have gotten me to them in the first place. I am going to dump an enormous amount of gold into their pocket to make two replicas of Pytherius's teleportation circle. Panavar? Panavar. Panavar. That we witnessed in the tower. One to go from Jambus directly to the center of Opara into a lot that I personally own, free of use for anyone, and another one there to return back to Jambus, right into the town square. You're going to set up an instant teleportation network from Marat to Opara. Free for any civilian to use. Okay. Hey, you want to bring trade to the region, connecting it via instant transmission to the capital is is definitely a way to do it. Now, tracking down... Your entire... You, this is the two years of Nell's intervention. I'm not, I'm not the one looking for this person. Could literally be an entire adventure path unto themselves. <laughs> Between <laughs> the saving of Jambus and tracking down at least an 8th, 17th, a 17th level caster that is willing to come with you to weave the most powerful magics mankind has ever discovered to create a business conduit. This isn't the kind of caster that like, is for hire in Opara. It's possible this isn't even the kind of caster that resides anywhere within Taldor. This is an adventure unto itself. My heroism is not limited by the bounds of our country, and my followers will go to the ends of the earth to find the individuals we need. Good thing Absalom, probably. Yeah, like right across yeah. the uh, yeah. <laughs> right across the sea there. Absalom's kind of the place you're looking for. Hey, it's in next fact, door. So, in fact, Kahina was just in Absalom. She did have the money for you. Because, see, I got this sugar daddy over here who knows a lot of people. You do have a friend who you, he knows a guy. I know a guy. I don't know I his evil dragon. I literally know a guy. So I, through one means or another, the teleportation circles would get set. This is an this is an undertaking of tens of thousands of gold to yep. set these up. This is a large portion of my money. Yeah, this is just this put is, directly into this. It has this. to be near a hundred grand to get this network set up. This is like national GDP of a small country yep. to set up this link here. There's a reason these things don't exist normally, but. Through the sheer stubbornness and willpower of one full plate tanky boy, we did it. And then, <laughs> sometime afterward, uh, with a few months of this teleportation circle being intact, uh, Jambus coming to much quicker given its direct access to Metropolitan Opara. And, uh,. Jambus is now just a district of Opara. Basically, more or less, uh, the town would be growing up faster than Stockies at this point, faster than Lothidar. This would easily become the main hub of Marat County, not far from Moost, where Sepsinia would much prefer to stay. Uh, not just because it's really the only small town life she's ever known, but just because it's not quite as busy, and Jambus would be a an actual hive. Oh yeah, I, I would definitely be staying. Yeah, I would definitely be staying with the crabs. And I would and, be and riding would, uh, down daily. And one day, Kahina would come back into town, uh, and Parthena would be 
absolutely ecstatic, more than excited that her old friend is coming by for tea and various sweets. And some way into your evening meal, a courier would arrive from Lothidar. Uh, one dispatched from the Palace of Birdsong, actually, with a very urgent message for Sir Nalajan the Stalwart. And seeing as Kahina happens to be here, this may also very much pertain to her as well. Baylor. Oh, we'll get to it in a second. You, okay. uh, you haven't crossed any lines with the rest of these seemingly, everyone has largely gone their separate ways. You mean may have gone the most separatist of them all because I haven't yeah. heard any indication that you are even still in contact with these people has come by. What what have you been doing, Chronomancer, political aspirant? How has your two years hence been? Well, obviously it all starts with myself inventing the new title for Princess Eutropia. Which was Empress, by the way, not Princess, not Grand Princess. Empress was the word I was looking for. I hadn't invented that yet. Took me a week to get, to get that one figured out. Which ends up happening almost more on accident than anything else. I'm just discussing how language works and what it logically should be, and it gets overheard, and I end up being the one at the front, pushing it through, and it becomes a major thing, and everyone knows that I was the one to This end is up your launchpad. I made a word. Literally the nerdiest conceivable <laughs> way you could get political fame in a country inventing a royal title. And of course, it's what Baylor Landless is known for throughout Haldor. <laughs> and from there everyone expects me to take a seat on the Senate. For you know, years before all this happened, it was my main goal. Did but that. not so much anymore. So, the idea came around before I guess half is like a reverse midlife crisis? <laughs> what does that mean? It wasn't like, oh, I'm getting old. I want to feel young again. Let's try to relive my youth. It was, well, I'm old now. What do old people do? <laughs> <laughs> it's accepting his fate. <laughs> All right. It, it, was, it, it was partially that and partially, hey, I'm smart. If the smart people are making the decisions good things will happen for the country. That's how things work, right? That's how politics <laughs> work, surely. And obviously over the course of the last year, there's a lot more to it than that. And I no longer feel like I'm as old as I was either. That I'm not as spent as I felt, and there's certainly a lot more I can be doing with my You've life. You've been reinvigorated, reinvigorated <laughs> by murdering things for a full year and setting so, several towns on fire. So I never actually take a formal seat on the Senate. 
though I do try to stay within the realm of influence of many of the senators. Of course, being how important I was to the now Empress, getting her position, formal events, that sort of thing, be fairly easy to get invitations to. Of course. And stay well-known among the senators and well-known for knowing things. And if they're unsure on how to feel about certain subjects, perhaps someone smarter than them can explain... Yeah, unless the, the subject things. is a construct. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what, what, what was, what was the guy in the wheelchair? Boyfriend Bartleby. Uh, in the wheelchair was Duke Leonard Sentimus. He knows about the constructs. Ask him. <laughs> he knows about the constructs. I can't disagree. We'll go to uh, somebody whose his area may fall more in line with that. Duke Leonard Sentimus and his disabled device. <sighs> but anyway. so I try to, you know, maintain a degree of influence over the Senate but never actually become a part of it. And between trips to Opara for various political things, spend a lot of time with various branches of the Mysterium, doing more research, helping out what I can, just trying to stick to people I more consider my equals. <laughs> okay. And eventually... You're tired of hanging out with idiots, is what he's saying to you, Carter. He's, uh... Rude. Super rude. <laughs> he's done hanging out with your dumbasses. He's gonna go hang out with smart people now. Eventually moving on to writing more papers and books, moving into more of a teaching role with various casters who are learning which past a certain level it becomes difficult to find areas to do actual practical spell casting i'm concerned about where this is going well I want you to where, know it, that. where it's going is if it's difficult to find a place to do spell casting on the material plane mm. I'm not Leave less the material worried. plane. Okay. Not only are you the one who doesn't still have, like, contact across with the rest of these guys, you're not even on the same plane of existence anymore. <laughs> Failure's gone to somewhere. My own demi plane, of course. Of course, it's his own demi plane. I don't know why I thought it would be Axis or anything like that. Obviously, his own demi plane. All right, so Baylor, tired of the shenanigans of the mortal world. Just creates his own plane of existence to go hang out and practice magic on. It's fair. You're a high-level wizard. This is just a thing it's... that happens in every budding wizard's life. Part of which is permanency and always there. And the rest, you know, you can always cast the spell again and add on if you need a temporary extension area to practice spells in, that sort of thing. Minecraft. You made your own Minecraft server. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. <laughs> Only you! Only you would hear this, and your first thought is he made his own Minecraft server. I mean, is he wrong? Honestly, I think that that is That such might be the best description of it ever. It's such an offense to Baylor. He might have transdimensionally heard that comment, and he's coming for you now. That's all right. I got a crystal ball. <laughs> Continue. It doesn't. At first, doesn't spend a lot of time there. Is more. You know, if he just wants some time alone, playing ships over. I wanted to go. I wanted to stop hanging out with people that weren't as smart as me, so I made my own private demi-plane. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Continue. Or taking potential students there to practice. But then over time, sort of start spending more and more time there. <laughs> keeps kind of kind of like a P.O. box with a secretary there who <laughs> knows how to contact him if anything super important comes along. But other than that, more or less checks in one or two times a week. But unless he has something doesn't spend a lot of time in the material plane anymore after a while. He ascended beyond this mortal realm. <laughs> and there's a lot of time thinking about the circle and the things that happened with it. Everyone's favorite shape. So at first, when he read Eros Glendower's journal, he didn't really believe that such an organization actually existed. I mean, if I right now went up to some low-level wizard and said, hey, look at all this stuff I can do. I run an organization that runs the government from behind the scenes. I literally run the Illuminati, yeah. It wouldn't be too hard to convince somebody of that with it not existing. He thought it was that sort of situation. And then the more he learned, the more it seemed a plausible thing, and the more it seemed they really couldn't be trusted. Just from the aftermath of the things they had done, the people who worked with them, just very much did not want to have to deal with them. But we saw how that turned out. <laughs> He did indeed. And, and in the face of what happened from Panavar just casually showing up, realized how much of a task dealing with them would ever be. And not very openly, but kind of always in the back of his mind, was looking for ways to get 
stronger to have any chance of actually being able to maybe someday, if not completely take down, at least defend himself against Panavar, who could show up at any time from what we understand. Right. But as he was searching out these things, something else was searching him out. Again, Chronoman concern. <laughs> Chronomancy is... Chronomancy is not something that's very studied. It's rare for powers to directly affect time. Things like speeding up a little or sort of seeing things slightly before they happen, that's common enough. But specifically tearing himself out of time over and over again when spells fail to retry them. He always talked about how time shouldn't be messed with too much and perhaps overstepped his bounds a bit. There is an entire race of outsiders dedicated to that exact concept. And something took notice of him and was very interested in this ability. And over time, subtly at first, but then rather direct later on, made contact with him. And whatever this exact being was, I still don't know 100%, it wanted this power and wanted to take it from Baylor and offered other not entirely the same but similar powers in return okay and after certain deliberation over it he eventually gave in and Baylor is no longer quite the chronomancer he once, uh, once was. His oh. powers over time are different than they used to be. And this exchange also left him cursed in a way. Okay. <laughs> Are we elaborating on that, or are you just leaving it there? Because, like... Well, knowing but... Baylor, maybe just leaving it... Hmm. I mean... I'm the edgy character? Come on. <laughs> okay, oh, so... How much, how much elaboration do you want? <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody except for... I think Dara is going to notice something very wrong as soon as we all meet up again. <laughs> I'm only going further concerned, but <laughs> I suppose we will leave it for that if if that's what you want, then. Yeah, I guess so, I won't be that concerned. <laughs> I guess I won't so, notice. <laughs> you 
You made this exchange for power. Whatever power it was with whatever entity contacted you. And while you gave up a lot of the secrets and powers of your chronomancy and abandoned them, you were granted, well, something that I guess we'll find out later. <laughs> we'll that find I'm out not eventually. at all worried about. Uh, and sometime in the future, after you've really started to come to grips with your, your new power, started to figure out exactly what it could do, trained in your demiplane, expanded your knowledge of magic tenfold, uh, not simply through just that, but also your own personal studies, finally left without a stupid war for the crown to chase, you could just learn and hone your craft. One day, about a year and a half later, you would get a contact from your, I guess, mortal world secretary that has a way to get a hold of you out in your demiplane that you had mentioned. And this sending works 95% of the time across yeah, planes. I, I was going to say, I assume you gave her like a wand of sending or something. And this voice would ping off in your mind. Right here. Sarlanis, we've a message from you from a Martella Lothied in Marat County. Uh, she requests your presence immediately or as soon as bodily possible. She wished to stress the urgency of the situation but had no further details. I will be on my way. Nell and Kahina and most would receive a similar summons from this courier. No details, only that Martella required your aid in a matter most dire as soon as it could possibly be rendered. And the court wizard who appeared in the Onyx Talon's entryway gave a similar message, extending a hand as Dara rallied the men. There is no time! Take my hand, I'll teleport us to the Palace of Birdsong in Marat County. Lady Martella needs you immediately. It is the ut utmost importance to the security of the nation. You haven't had any contact, really, with Martella. Uh, you would, uh, Anori, of course, stop by the Imperial Palace sometimes, or the Palace of Birdsong, uh, where Carius would normally live. He didn't stay in the Imperial Palace all the time, and Eutropia would be back and forth. But Martella was a contact, uh, an agent, one that had facilitated all of these deals and had brought you together in the first place, but had not much with you beyond that. Uh, none of you made any effort to really keep up contact with her and she was very busy with her duties helping out the empress and still running marat as the landgrave now of the county she had kind of fallen aside and this would certainly be the first time any of you had heard anything from her in well over a year but none of you could really shake the feeling of ah uh, what's that what's that thing the uh reliving uh Deja vu. Deja vu. That's it. <laughs> With the urgency and the method that the message was extended. Well, I'm going to go walk my happy butt on over to wherever Sepsinia might currently be inside of the estate. 
and I'm going to tell her that I've been summoned over to the palace and that this might be another something pretty big, but I'm, I'm warning her fairly and appropriately ahead of time that I'm going to go consider hey, this. I'm leaving for a moment. I'm not disappearing without a word. I'm going to go see what this is, and I will be back to explain the situation before any decisions are made. Your wife looks a little closer to her token. <laughs> and, uh, kind of nods a bit. As well. Can't turn down the call, I suppose. But do hurry. If you in any way can. And be safe with whatever it is. I promise to be back. What time is it right now? It would probably be late morning at this point. Well, it was, it was the evening for you. It was the night, because uh, the carrier promise. literally has a carriage to take you to Lothidar by morning. Yeah, so I promise to be back by the next evening. And she nods. <laughs> Not without some magic of your own, you won't. I'll find a way. And with a kiss goodbye, you and Kahina would return to the carriage. Anori and Dara they take the hands of this court mage, I assume, with whatever brief discussion you'd need, but... I assume that you're not going to turn this down. Definitely would need some explaining, but I'm sure they could convince us that well, it's Well, there's legit. nothing the wizard can really give you. The explaining you're going to have to follow him for. And we go. And Baylor? You're more than capable of teleporting to the palace yourself. Oh, yeah. And with that, let us take our midstream break. A solid summary of uh, not knowing what you're being summoned for. The kits you would gather before you leave are a little different. Nell grabbing his massive but lightweight mithril tower shield. Uh, Dara now having fully accepted the truth that is magic items. <laughs> Loading up with what he has gathered in his efforts to make himself more powerful. Nori grabbing the same old Ciaran. <laughs> yeah. Some things never change. I still have Dignity's Barb. It's your so gear, much. though. It's your gear. Yeah, I have Dignity's Barb, so I just now I have glasses. He's got. He has <laughs> goggles. Goggles and a headband with a circlet stacked on top of it. And like this magical bandolier and a belt, these gloves and everything. And Dara's got the Batman suit of magical items he puts on. <laughs> Look at like I got a black robes. damn superhero. <laughs> like it's it's still Nori, all the same things, but everything's like a, a shade fancier, a little bit more like a more expensive trench coat. <laughs> yeah, I've got a brand namier trench coat, ever. perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. So, the five of you make your way out to the Palace of Birdsong, a place that you have been many times before and whether you arrive teleporting in yourself the hands of a court wizard or in late morning as a carriage pulls up it would actually all arrive at a similar time the carriage brings Nell and Kahina overnight to arrive in mid-morning uh, 
while the court wizard and the sending spell reach the rest of the party around the time the carriage does. So for the what would be the first actual time since shortly after the coronation, the five of you, the fingers of Eutropia, arrive together outside the palace. And it seems a day as any other. A bright summer morning, even fairly early on, already getting largely uncomfortably hot, but fortunately that season is ending, and nothing but a very light, gentle breeze blowing through to temper it. The flocks of peacocks and the ever-present bird cages arrayed along the outside of the palace, loud as always. But one, one thing is noticeably different. For some of you, it may well have been a year or more since you've been to the Palace of Birdsong, and for all of you, it wouldn't be anything that is really immediately apparent. But uh, somebody... Actually, this would... I'm going to give this to Anori. Because Anori seems the most in the, in the state of mind that would notice this particular difference. Make me a perception check. Okay. I would have been here fairly often so i probably wouldn't have noticed a change at all 30. this is this is a like day-to-day -day change you would you would also notice you would have been here more recently 30 will do it uh inori just seems like to be the most in tune with it Taldogus. utropia's terrier her hunting dog is typically the absolute first to greet the group of you when you arrive at the palace uh very loudly and joyfully making his way out into the path usually depending on time of day and his location followed by Carius. because even when Eutropia makes her way back to the Imperial Palace on Opara to do Empress things she leaves Taldagus here but no sign of him it's a small thing but given the circumstance of your summoning anything out of place seems much more dramatic than it, it possibly should be. Okay. And as you... Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. As you make your way up to the front doors, uh, Martella does make her appearance before you even reach the steps, having heard the carriage pulling up the drive. Her expression is... Somewhat inscrutable as always. She's or recently perhaps let her guard down a bit, but she's never been big on visible and readable emotions. But this may be the most visibly disturbed you've seen her. But she just simply motions the group of you to the door and turns and heads back inside. Suppose we're following. Suppose we shall. I give you with no real chance to get reacquainted. Having not seen each other in years, head back up the stairs and back inside. Again, the strange deja vu. Almost strangers once more brought together by Martella's summons. And as you come in, past the servants and the guards, towards the stairs leading up to the office, you can see the living area down the front hall, and you can see Carius sat 
as he often is, uh, upon one of the large couches in the very well-appointed receiving area. But he looks different. Kind of hunched. Staring listlessly at the ground in front of him. He doesn't even appear to notice at the group of you are here. And What's going on here, Martella? She'd be ahead of you halfway up the stairs already. I'll just call back down. Nothing I want to discuss outside the office. Please. Alright. And as you join her, up once more in her office, she dismisses all of uh, any servants or guards that may be in the room and motions towards the door as last of you enters. Seal that behind you, please. Now... I need your help. I know we haven't spoke in some time, but given our history and yours in service of the Empress, I hope, if not overstepped or mistaken, in calling the group of you here, but I did not know where else to turn. Well, what exactly is it? Eutropia's dead. What? What do you mean she's dead? What? She was killed in her bedchambers here two days, two nights ago. This isn't news that we've let out, and you understand why I couldn't tell the couriers the matter at hand. It's kept tight-lipped for now. Obviously the staff here at the palace knows, but not much beyond that. Some assassin broke into the palace, slew Teldagus when he intervened, and stabbed the Empress. We found her, well, her handmaiden found her not long after. Now, yesterday, we had the Archbanker, Peril, round to work her magic. She brought some of her clerics, but told us not only would the soul not return to the body, there was no soul to contact. The spell failed utterly. That doesn't usually happen. No. Hence our concerns, given the situation. Now, I know this is a lot of me to ask, but I don't know where else to turn. We don't have anything for a lead. Don't know where the source of this assassination could have been, who was behind it, uh, whether it was a member of the Imperial Guards or even perhaps the Princess's inner circle itself. I've nothing to go on. Delegation, management, these are my strengths. Investigation, not at all. But with what you were able to do in Yonmis and Zimar, I hope that I can rely upon you once more. 
The Empress has fallen, and I don't believe we can get to the source of it without her hand. And she Playing just with looks... other souls is never a good sign. It definitely means magic. As you know, magic is something I never learned. I never picked up. I know nothing of this. I had the Archbanker, of course, cast what divinations and spells she could, but as far as she could tell, as I said, there's no soul available to even be returned to the Empress's body. It's as if her very being has been obliterated from his existence. Or taken. Or taken. If that's a thing that can happen. I don't know. But as it I said, is. I don't know where else to turn. It is a thing that can happen, Baylor. I mean, look at Ciaran. But I mean, he's... He's a soul and a sword. His soul was taken, put in a sword. Right. And he would, uh, at this point, uh, interject. I mean, if literally anyone could understand where a soul could disappear to, I would kind of think it'd be you, girl. Think for three seconds. All right, all right. I'm going to turn my head and look at Baylor. And in Draconic, so that only he will understand me. Just be like, do you think Panavar's circle upstairs has been re-intact? I understood that. Well, if you know Draconic, good for you. <sighs> I would, I would shift away. <laughs> the Draconic is weird hissing. Like it's. Yeah, uh... I would shift away towards uh, Inori. Sending a knowing glance a bit and kind of just step away a little bit more tense. Yeah, I know would literally speak, I would say, I understood that. I assume in common. Yes. Because that's a thing they would do. That is, no, no <laughs> I, like, I fully expect him to have said that in character. Yeah. yeah. Turn around and look at him and go. Well, it's not much of a point in keeping a statement a secret if other people can understand it. Look, I'm just going to reply back. We won't know until we see what we can find. We should go look. That was it, in common. That was. <laughs> hold on. It, it, is the is the scene undisturbed? Because as much as it could be, uh, the Dara has should been removed to be prepared for her funeral tomorrow but the room itself has been left largely untouched. I don't know what the servants did to it before we locked the area down. But... As far as the... the body, did it look to you possibly be professional? One one shot? Multiple stabs? What kind of... And she looks there? across the, the group of you. Before we go any further than that, will you help us then? Do I have your word? both your aid and your secrecy. You, I hope, would understand why this news cannot be released publicly yet. Of course not. They can't, they can't know. Not this soon afterwards. Uh, Lady Dento. Sir Rostam, Sir Stalwart. She was, I'm, yeah, absolutely. She was my friend at the end of the day. Empress, I, I, yeah, you have me. And she'd look over to Dara and Nell. I get a familiar feeling 
about this, and this may be the path we were already on. Possible. We'll need your assistance, surely, Sir Landless. If this is magic, this is something you'll know far more than any of us. Have my abilities and the extent of them. Mr. Stalwart? With an aggravated slam of the shield into the nearest wall. I can't. I can't. I have... Sepsinia's pregnant. I have an obligation. I, I can't. I should kind of grit her teeth a bit. Well... Then I apologize for summoning you here, and I I wish you both the best. I certainly can't demand any more of you after everything you've done for us and for Taldor. You have more than earned a simpler life. Thank you. And I will take my leave and prepare to head home to be home by evening as I promised. Before he leaves, I would stand up and I'd pull him in and I'd give him a hug and whisper in his ear, congratulations, little gun. Yes. Thank you. Look over and at him. Just watch over Marat because who knows where we will be. This place and will be safe with me here. Martell will kind of the grim chuckle. I, I see this as served as your announcement then for your friends. I'm sorry for forcing this upon you, but... There was no good time. We've not been in the closest of contacts until now. This is the first chance I would have had to have told them in the first place. You did nothing wrong. Best of luck to Stalwart. I hope... The rest of your life holds nothing but joy for you and your child. Thank you. And she'll uh, step forward with her key and unlock the office door and open it for you and just nod. And I will take my leave, never to be seen again. Now, that would, in fact, be the last role that Sir Stalwart served. Uh, now, now, hold on. We got one more role. Oh, boy. Which is what? Perform comedy, because that was a oh! fucking joke. Oh! oh, my God! Yes! <laughs> yes! Of course he did. The of course. Did. Oh. oh, goes out with a bang. That's the... Goes out with, <laughs> I don't know if a hard 20 on your perform comedy for your new obligation is respect uh, or hatred, uh, but... Roll, roll 20 new. The only way he possibly could walk away from this campaign. <sighs> the luckiest man to ever live. Unbelievable. Lays his last <laughs> natural 20. 
Oh, I go out gracefully. On this campaign. Whew. And as he leaves, as he bows out, go ahead and, uh, if you would, don't leave the call. Just mute it and put the towel back over the webcam because it'll mess up our organization here in, uh, in the, in the Zoom call and I'll have to redo everything. But that may not be the last contact anyone has with Mel Stalwart, but that is the last of his role in this adventure. And so... It falls on the shoulders of the four of you now. Brought together once again by Martella. For the final act of this campaign. And the first steps into the sixth legend soul. Now. After he makes his leave. Martella pauses, kind of, I guess, thinking through her situation and the new circumstance before continuing. It's... It's been years. We've investigators, we've our own resources to call upon. And perhaps Sir Stalwart's new family has made me see I... None of you owe this to me. None of you owe this to any of us. Even the Empress's memory. You've played your parts. And you've built your lives to live. I don't want you to feel your own obligations. Your own commitments. To this I want it to be clear you don't owe us anything but I need powerful allies in these times as clearly we've powerful enemies and I cannot express the gratitude I'd have for your continued assistance But I'm glad to have it. Now, you know far better than I how to conduct any kind of an investigation. Uh, the servants are all still here. Her handmaiden has agreed to stay with us and speak with you should you want her. I'm not sure if the boy will allow you to see her body. Carius hasn't taken this well. But I'll do everything I can to enhance and enable your investigation. Whatever you need. Of course. And I'm sorry that Taldor has to call upon you once again in straits such as these. The winds of fate are a funny thing sometimes. But here we sit. You have to have quite a bleak sense of humor to find them funny now, I'm afraid. If for nothing else, I ask you to aid as a grieving friend. 
I've known Empress Eutropia since we were children. We grew up together, and it's by no chance that I became her woman-at-arms. I... If for no other reason, I... I seek my own closure. When I first met all of you, you were unknowns. Largely. Small names. Unheard of outside your own circles in Opara. But now your expertise far outstrips mine. What do you figure the best course of action is? Sir Landless, can your magic aid us? We'll have to examine the room first, and then perhaps question those who are around. Anyone who could pull off such a thing, especially with the end result being her soul completely gone, it seems, is going to have covered themselves well. It's not going to be an easy task. That much I understand. That's why I sent for the group of you. Well, I suppose these investigations are better undertaken sooner rather than later. This is no time for catching up any further. Please, if you mentioned wishing to see the scene, I'll let you into the Empress's bedchambers. And uh, she would move past you to the door to uh, unlock it once more. And uh, as she does, she would open it to Prince... Carius, just standing there on the other side of it, just near seething with a, a level of emotion you have certainly never seen in this child. I don't hate in his eyes that I don't think anyone other than Inori and Kahina could really empathize with. And, uh, Mertella says back a bit, so, uh, Prince Carius, I, and he just talks over her immediately. You must find who did this. And he looks up into the room across the four of you still here. You must! Eutropia and I had just found each other again. Whoever is responsible for her death must meet Justice! And he stops for a moment, almost trying to compose himself. Lady Martella, there to be given unrestricted access to the Empress's bedchambers. All of the servants are to cater to their every demand and question. And Martella says, yes, uh, of course. And he continues, the access to the body, whatever they need. They have the full resource of the crown behind them. I'm gonna kneel down and put my yeah. hand on his shoulder. I'm gonna find him. Okay? And he, as he looks up at you, you see his face almost completely change. And this rage bleeds out of him near instantly. And he goes back to blank and listless just staring not into your face but almost down at your 
at your waist to your knees as you kneel down in front of him. And he just slowly and bleakly nods. And then even with your hand on his shoulder without another word, turns and just walks away. He's also like 15 now, so I don't know how much he real like kneeling you're Well, doing. I don't have to kneel then because he, I'm only <laughs> like yeah, he is, he is, He's 15 now. He, yeah, he's like 14, 15. Red so con, he's not, no kneel. He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not that much shorter than you now. Fair. We could still kneel as in like pledging allegiance to yeah, He is still them, the prince. So yeah. I mean, it's a... Uh, uh, you can still do it. To, yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to like squat down to his level. He's like five foot nine, probably. He's still taller me. Yeah, he's not. He's not like a super tall dude, but he's up with you guys. But he just silently trudges down the hall towards his own room. I feel at some point we should talk to him as lifelong grudges or six for range are no longer. Are, are not healthy. <laughs> we have seen what they can do to people. I feel like glance. that's a shot at me, Dara. A Martello. I also, I also glance at Kagino. Martello looks back. Looks back to you. I agree. I. I haven't seen anything like that from him. He's yeah. been quiet and distant. Barely said a word since. We found his sister. That's troubling. I will admit among the areas of my expertise and what I've learned throughout my years, the perhaps grieving process of an adolescent boy isn't one I'm particularly well-versed in. I like to reach out personally, but maybe it's better I let the servants or even the clerics of Abadar from town handle this. I don't know if I'd help, really. I think it would be hard too, considering the how we found him originally, too. This kind of shock could the trauma. I didn't even consider didn't those respond. implications. He's gonna have a rough go for a little while. It's gonna be. Martella being the only thing he, or with, with Eutropia being the only thing you remembered, we brought him back. He's lost two family members in as many years now. He came back to the news that his father was gone and now his sister as well. He's the only one left of the Stavian line. I. I'll fetch a cleric. Uh, here. And she reaches down to her key ring and just hands the whole thing to you. And says, just take this. Uh, investigate what you need. Emotional outburst notwithstanding, the prince isn't wrong. Uh, you'll have the full access to the staff and the grounds of the Palace of Birdsong to conduct your investigation. And as it appears, he is willing. The Empress's body as well, if you wish to search that. I I know this goes without saying, and you of all people don't need this, but please handle this delicately. Of course. <laughs> After your success in Seymour, even asking seems ridiculous. You you don't need my advice any further. I'll I'll fetch a cleric. 
If you need me, I'll return within a few hours. The room first, then. That was that. Puts her hands up. Did a plan as any. Take my leaf. Yeah, let's go take a look. And so you head out to her bedchambers, which would be near Carius's down this hall. Uh, you know where she was staying, and you know there's the hallway here in the Palace of Birdsong. I don't want to unarchive the Palace of Birdsong map to show the layout, because uh, it's not incredibly relevant. Uh, but there's this hall that leads to a series of bedrooms. Uh, on the northern end would have been Empress Eutropia's and Prince Carius's side by side. And on the other end of the hall would have been their handmaidens. They stay... They're, they're personal handmaidens that stay there throughout the night in case they need uh, assistance of any kind or a drink or whatever. Pillows, fluffed, whatever. So, as you head... Uh, unlock the door and head into the room where Eutropia fell. It's... Oh, Martella wasn't wrong. <laughs> it's been left largely untouched. And whatever happened here, it seems like it was fairly gruesome. Uh, the pair of guards standing outside her door uh, in this hallway now round the clock obviously recognize you nod. Stand aside as you make your way in. But this apartment is maybe 20 by 30 feet. It's pretty large, but it's not really gigantic, especially for the Empress's suite. It's actually not terribly large. Uh, it's got open doors leading to her bedchamber and a lar one large wardrobe standing across from a smaller locked jewelry cabinet. Uh, next to the wardrobe is a full-length mirror, and hooks on the walls have a variety of scarves, shawls, and jackets. And there's a small vanity uh, with a silver mirror set into a polished wooden frame engraved with flowers and vines in the corner. This is clearly where she was murdered, as the mirror itself is spattered with a spray of dried, rusty red filth, and the velvet cushioned chair in front of it stained with pooled old blood. It doesn't look like anything else in the room has really been disturbed. Sitting in front of the mirror when she got killed? Yes, uh, with that, that like just walking in the room, that much is immediately obvious. Uh, she was clearly the large sitting, mirror or the, the vanity, the little vanity mirror the vanity. in the corner. She was sitting on the cushion chair in front of that when she was killed. Clearly, is there a window at all? In uh, this there are, in fact, a pair of windows on the on the uh, outside of the room that would be facing over the courtyard of the palace. Uh, a quick investigation would reveal that they are both physically barred and locked as well as magically locked. None of those appear to have been disturbed. Hmm, okay. Detect magic around the room. I was about to ask if there was anything magical. Oh. Yeah, detecting magic seems <clears throat> like a solid idea, but- I don't need to detect magic. You just know. Yeah, as as uh, Kahina casts detect magic and you just kind of sense it, the only auras that register on the room 
are a pair of wards on the two windows. Uh, she doesn't actually keep anything else magical in her personal bedchambers. So, because, well... Uh, sorry? Because of the blood spatter, there's blood spatter on the mirror, does it generally get the idea that uh, whatever knife or something ended up like going from behind and slashing forward? So Give me a the... perception or a heal check. The perception DC is higher because you're just trying to eyeball it. But the... Uh... Because this is kind of a heel checky makes... sort of thing. Okay, I'll go with the perception check just because of reasons. Well, I may re-roll. Well, I would like to know this. Yeah, four on the die. Uh. And uh, so you okay, end up well, with thirty-four or thirty-six. Nope. Yeah. It's me thirty-six on heel. And you yeah. thirty-four on perception. Uh, both yeah. of you, as Baylor quickly glances at the arcane locks and heads over towards the vanity. Both of you would be able to kind of piece a bit of the scene together pretty easily. Yeah. Eutropia was sitting in this uh, short, almost a stool more than a chair, short-backed little cushioned seat uh, where she was stabbed from behind. Uh, the blood sprayed out from the wound over the table and mirror in front of her and then trickled down her to pool on the cushion and the ground below. Uh, Baylor, with your heel check... You can tell that there was no effort whatsoever to stand up or fight back. Dara, with your perception check, as uh, Baylor starts kind of putting these all together, uh, you realize that, yeah, that kind of looks like what you could put together. But obviously, with his assumptions and his, his heel check, he's gleaning a little more from this than you could. So you look around the rest of the room a bit, and you find... Just inside the doorway, the entryway to the bedroom, another small bloodstain in the carpet that isn't immediately obvious. Dog? Near, there, oh, nearby there. that, as you continue to look around with a 34, you also find a tiny scrap, what looks like a corner of burnt parchment. Uh, it's very small, like half of a fingernail. It's a quarter of a fingernail, a tiny shred of singed parchment that was left, and there's nothing on it whatsoever. Can uh, I'm going to open the door to the room and look at the ground, see if there's any blood open. Uh, if there's no blood in the hallway, I'll open maybe Carius's door, see if there's any blood there. Outside in the hallway, uh, you don't find any blood or anything, but you do find a tiny broken piece of gray porcelain. Also a, a, an incredibly small, unidentifiable fragment. But this doesn't match anything you recognize from the Palace of Birdsong's decorations or their dinnerware. It's near all glass in China. And if I do a thorough perception check on uh, Carius's room? See if uh, anything was... Carius is currently locked in his room. Okay, well then I would knock a... at his door. There would be no response. <laughs> Carius, we are uh, conducting an investigation and I feel like it's in your best interest for what you want to accomplish. 
Real no smooth, response. Dara. Real smooth. Carius! Are you not nearly a man? Dara! You are getting older now, and these are just the facts of life. If you want to move on, we need to continue. At that, you would hear a metallic clunk. The door just slowly opens to a dark, unlit chamber. Uh, the curtains have been pulled over his window, and he just stands looking like a corpse in the doorway before just kind of trudging out of the way. The guards in the hallway kind of side eye you, but don't say anything. <laughs> I would nod it, nod it. Curious. Some things are very difficult. And that is just how they are. And I would walk into his room and see if I could see anything suspicious. And uh, yeah, even taking a to look around his room, nothing appears to be out of the ordinary at all. And in the other room, okay. meanwhile, as Baylor looks over the vanity and Inori checks the locks on the window, Kahina. If I there? stand, like, with where the chair is with the cushion or where she was sitting if i stand with my back to that and look straight am i facing the door the window the big the mirror. mirror the, the, the little vanity mirror. mirror the chair is just into the vanity uh it's like, still oh, the full-size mirror too well there's a full-size mirror on the other side of the room uh the chair is positioned like it would be if you were sitting at the vanity table i know you said oh. she got axed from behind i'm saying oh, where's her... like if she was she was facing like if i stand and face opposite of where oh, she's opposite facing, where her. am oh, i looking my mistake. uh do i see the door her, the window the looking full towards mirror? the towards the jewelry cabinet and uh towards the back corner there and the full length mirror is on the other side of the okay. wall so towards the, the other corner wall, of the, the other room. side rather okay so i so, want to start looking around and heading that way and as you do that you uh this is about when Dara turns out this little scrap of paper and just kind of, you you just keep that or you show it to the things you're finding to the party. Keep it and well, I would like like uh, here, here 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 here. And, uh, <laughs> and if you if you glance at that at all, being any amount of a spellcaster, uh, by the type of vellum that it is, you can actually readily scroll. identify this was a part of a scroll. Teleport spell maybe. And scrolls just sear away in an instant when they're mm -hmm. cast. This is a scrap left over from a scroll. But uh, looking that way, it just heads into the corner of the room. Or the jewelry cabinet and then some of the various hooks with scarves and or with jackets are stationed. I guess it's by the jewelry cabinet. It's probably scarves and larger ornamental pieces. There's no doorway or anything else. Okay. Uh, it's not directly attached to like a private bathroom or anything. I would want to talk to the guards that were on duty that night but does she have and the handmaiden full like night long security two guys in the front door no uh, they are here now because they were making sure nobody interferes with this scene martella told them to watch this uh the palace has guards but they usually stationed at like doors and overnight there's usually just a pair of guards 
uh, that occasionally patrol out through the yard and then just hang out in the reception area. Uh, just where they can see most of the doors every half hour hour so they'll patrol around to make sure nothing's wrong yeah. but it's not like it's not fort knox it's a yeah so but, i'll pass uh, the piece of porcelain and the um scroll bit off to baylor point at the scroll teleportation scroll maybe i do not know what the porcelain would have been used for to cast so Inori, if you want to go find the guards on duty, though, or the handmaiden, you can you can do that. Yeah. So while everyone else is investigating this, you go to find those two guards. Uh, Martella's kept them around, of course. It's not the two right outside the hall. Uh, but she has kept them around just in case their reports were, you know, warranted. They're not on duty right now. But if the pair of them are just waiting in the dining area right now just sort of sitting around uh one just drumming his fingers kind of impatiently and the other one just snacking on a sandwich and as they see you enter along with the sandwich raises a hand and starts chewing faster and the other one just kind of nods ah let me hear it for us then yeah, you guys were on duty that night, right? I... I don't tell know as much I can tell you, though. Okay. Didn't see or hear anything suspicious until we heard, uh... Verna, Princess's handmaiden, okay. scream. Uh, she was the one who... Or, I guess Empress's handmaiden. Uh, she was the one who... found her. Right. Where's about where you're patrolling? The main area? Her hallway? Where? We were we we're right here at the time. Uh, okay. We just wrapped up a patrol 15, 20 minutes ago. Looking on the ground, so I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. The doors are still locked. Nothing looked like it. Mess with not a single hair out of place. No weird sounds, perhaps? I don't know how you guys are familiar with any kind of magic spells or anything like that. Anything that seemed out of the ordinary. Odd noises. Uh, anything, really. Make me a uh, diplomacy check, comrade. Okay. Because not that these guys don't necessarily want to help you, but they're kind of, like, checked out, and they're pretty sure they don't know anything useful, so... Uh, I'm going to add insight to that, if I can. Ooh, the oh. insight was oh, for doesn't work in Zemar. All right, yeah, never mind, 25. That was specialized training for your mission in Zemar. Fair. Uh, oh, a 25. The one who's really quickly trying to swallow a far too large bite of sandwich... Mm. Mm. More, more so. Um, that was one thing. Uh, slight bit strange. Yeah. When I, uh, it wasn't right at the same time. It was a bit early in the evening, right after the Empress had retired. Uh, Taldogus was in the corridor outside the room. And he's usually in the, in the bedchamber with the Empress. So I had just assumed he'd gotten sealed up. I let him in. And, uh, even then I hadn't seen anything out of the ordinary. She seemed perfectly fine at the time. What was she doing? Uh, readying herself for the evening's rest, I suppose. Uh, her and Ferna were in the corner at the vanity, uh, undoing her hairpins and put the jewelry away and what such. You know, woman things. You let the, so you let the dog in. Was he acting weird, like scratching at the door or just sort of... Hanging out and there. The other guards, you go, 
Dog's always acting weird. <laughs> but was he acting weird right then? They just kind of look at each other. The sandwich guard shrugs. Not that I noticed, no. Uh, other than the fact he was quite indignant having been locked out of the room. Not a particularly well-trained mutt, was he? So getting locked out of the room is out of the ordinary then. And there's kind of, he kind of shrugs again. The first guard, oh, I, I suppose it was. I know it was very brief and your probably, memory's probably foggy, but anything helps, seriously, guys. When you had that glance into the room and you saw her getting ready, anything odd about the handmaiden? Kind of look at each other. Well, no. I mean, Fern has been put right through the ringer. You understand, milady. Uh, well, absolutely. What being she was a close personal friend of the Empress and was the one what to find the body. I mean... Mm -hmm. Arl and uh, all kinds of shrugs. No, no, uh, nothing, nothing I saw. Just in the corner doing, you know, woman things. Looked ordinary to me. No uh, broken windows anywhere around the palace. You guys noticed no breaking in anywhere. Oh, and the uh, the first guard puts a finger up. That we very well checked. Uh, been around making sure, trying to find the whatever this fiend had come from into the palace. All the doors and windows still sealed. Not a one of them fudged. Not one of them even touched, as far as I can tell. I can't even get most of the damn locks open on account of the magic. But... Mm. Nothing. And, uh, Arl shrugs again. Sorry, couldn't be more help. I... No, no. Anything is, is very helpful, guys. If you think of anything, find us. We'll be around. Appreciate it. And I'll just start heading back to the, the group. And as you head back, uh, Kahina... You get a hero point, by the way. This was during your story, and I was going to say it afterwards, but I forgot about it because it was, <laughs> it was actually super engrossing epilogues. I didn't want to like interrupt anything. But TNT DMD has given you a hero point. And as an added bonus, I'm not entirely sure how to say this name. Dewey Fam? Dewey Fam? D-U-Y Fam? I'm un unclear on the pronunciation on that one, so I apologize. 1994 has given out another hero point to me. So... I have this. That is not a hero point. That's a villain point. That's a villain friend. point. So I have this villain point for, you know, whatever. I might no, if, if they give you a hero person. point, then you can only use it on heroes, and you control entirely villains. So Everyone it's... thinks they're the hero. <laughs> no one sees themselves as the bad guy. Bean. That's what bad guys always say. So, as Dara, Kina, and Baylor kind of finished poking around in the the wing up there. Eutropia and Carrie's bedchambers. You feel fairly confident that there isn't much more to be found by looking around here. You have a scrap of a scroll, a tiny piece of broken porcelain from God's know what, and some blood smears. They told you a little bit about how the princess died, but that's all really. I take it Anori shares. I don't know. Yeah, about the this time Anori would come back upstairs and share to you her conversation with the two guards. I feel like we should probably grab the handmaiden and bring her in um, over here so we can speak with her, have her walk us through the the night rituals, talk about the dog not being let in, 
yeah, figure, definitely. piece things together, and then find out her timeline after she left Utropia and then found her. Also, maybe easier to get information out of her. Uh, we should see her mental state, but it may be better to get talk to her outside the room. I'm not sure. Possibly, but it might be a bigger help to us to know exactly where she moved and what she did. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm kind of siding with Dara on this one. Might be, might trigger her into. Um, you don't want when you talk to these types in your canvas. You don't want to give them any kind of emotional distress. And being in the room that she found, like Utopia, like it's probably probably best we do it somewhere else. Keep her calm. Get the most out of her if we possibly can. I'm in this world of Rakshasa and shape changers. Some people aren't as, as experienced well. as you or Aki, you know. I'm I would just say the saying, vast majority of people aren't as experienced as you two <laughs> at this point. If someone can't, if someone is posing as someone else and can't even like describe a nightly ritual that they would go through with the princess, we might catch them in something. We could have the killer here right under our very noses. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. We don't really I, have a I'm lot saying, to do. But that could very well be in the next room a handmaiden and a friend. It could also very well be Jareth. You don't know. You played the Jareth I'm, card on you, bro. I'm, she didn't even I'm flinch. Just, I'm just saying we have seen this. We just two years ago went up against someone that we were damn sure was Pytharius. And even had me fold. I fully it, remember that night. And it wasn't. So I'm just saying, your assassin could be much closer than you think. And this poor girl, maybe someone acted like her, pretended to be her, and she was, you know, knocked out somewhere tied up in a closet, for all we know. And then her mind... Feel as strongly, we can bring her in. I just didn't want to close her off. Exactly. When we might, we could do both. We could start in the other room and then we could ask her her opinion. If she's about that. comfortable. It's just my personal experience. I've been doing this a while. I just, if she can't describe a nightly thing, possibly we have something to question her about. So what is it you, uh, what is it you're proposing? What do you? I want guess we're do? heading towards wherever. Uh, the uh, the room is where the handmaiden is, so I will we can stay. start I, our I conversation will, there. I will stay. I don't want to like mob the woman. Yeah, so I'm gonna stay maybe in the room and just keep looking. Baylor, anything? Really. Some you might have some informed questions that Anori and I may not think of. I can come, yes, and at least observe. So the group of you. Uh, it wouldn't be difficult to locate Ferna. Right. She would still be around, of course, uh, like everyone of the serving staff of the Palace of Birdsong. It's not a particularly large crew, and most of them are like career here. This is this is where they live. This is where they stay. And uh, Ferna, there should be someone that you probably haven't personally interacted with before. Would definitely be someone that you'd recognize. I mean, she would be 
one of Utropia's servants that has always just kind of been around, uh, especially after you finished book two and she came back to the Palace of Birdsong. Ferna's been her handmaid the entire time. So even if you've never spoken with the lady personally, you definitely recognize her. But now she would be down in the servants area downstairs, uh, almost opposite corner as far as you could possibly be from the royal bedchambers and suites. Uh, just not doing great. She is not doing fantastic. As you find her, she is even now still pretty visibly distraught. But, uh, and she doesn't say anything as the three of you arrive other than just try to compose herself long enough to motion the group of you to come in. And just Pardon my dear, focus. I know this will be extremely difficult, and I know that mentally you want to block every part of that night out of your mind, but for us to help everyone here, I need you to focus and, and bear does. with us as we ask you some of these questions. Lady Martella had told me that the group of you would be around to collect my statement, she said. So, I will do the best of my ability. Please, bear with me. This is a difficult time. Of course. I've known the Empress for two decades. We've been friends for most of her adult life. But, okay. As far as I could tell, it was like any other night. My lady prefers to dress herself for bed. I entered when she rang the bell to comb the curls from her hair and put away her clothes and adornments. She seemed distracted, but that's no major surprise. She's very busy, and this Adoption of the crown, even now, has still not been a simple time. I asked if she needed anything else, and she said she ring if she did, and then I... I left. That was the last... the last time I ever saw her alive. And she starts breaking down a bit, but stops and tries really hard to pull herself together. I sleep in the room next door, in case my lady needs me in the night. I woke up when it was still dark. I I don't know why. A moment later, I heard a noise from my lady's room. I went to her and called, asking if she needed me. There was no answer, but I had a sense that something was wrong. I opened the door, and I saw her sitting there at the table. There was blood everywhere. And she completely breaks down crying, covering her face. So, she is very distraught. And getting anything out of her is gonna, I guess, require a sense motive check. Um, she is very distraught. <laughs> and getting... Just 
Well, from one actor to another, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> you sense that she is very distraught. Very distraught. Okay. And, uh, Authentic distraughtness. She's either a fantastic actor, which is entirely possible, or she is really not handling this well. But, Seems uh, you... very sad, considering <laughs> all the tears. <laughs> you can tell. Uh, you can tell that you're not going to have a lot of opportunity to get anything else out of her. This is a kind of precarious moment. You've maybe only got one real chance, like Inori said, to get any more information out of her without her really just shutting down completely. So, however you want to do that is left to you, but this is a cautious moment, to be sure. You do sense that she could probably elaborate further, and as the one who found the body, and by her own call was awake in the night, certainly could tell you more. But again, gotta be very careful. We want to know more about the aftermath, or do we want to ask about having the guards open the door for the dog, and if she found the dog? I'm kind of leaning in that direction, the, the dog route. If he was in there. Because it's a very or, weird thing. Or wasn't in there, I, yeah. yeah. Okay, my dear, one more question that I really need you to focus hard on. And they she tell is us still sobbing yeah. pretty hard, but she she nods through her hands, trying. The guards say they opened the door to let the dog in, and that was unusual because the dog was usually in there with you all while she was getting ready for bed. Why was he not in there? And did you make, find him? Make me a diplomacy check. Okay, Fortunately, well. you are a very skilled bard who is super good at this kind of <laughs> gentleness. I mean, maybe gentle and Kahina don't necessarily go together, but in this... 47 in this situation, actress. apparently they do. <laughs> yeah, a fantastic a actress. So the 47. I can feign care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wow. She does, I, like, genuinely like Utropia. So this genuinely does upset. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> with a 47, I, she can very spectacularly feign care. I worked very hard to put her on the throne. To have somebody just come by and stabby, stabby her and ruin all my work? Not Ferna, happy. Ferna pulls herself together a bit and tries to continue. The lady. My lady. That asked for Talogus to be shut in the kitchens. It, it's it's out of the ordinary. I, I remember it odd, thinking that the lady wanted him shut out, but she said he'd been disturbing her sleeps as of late. I shut him in the kitchen, as she asked, but he must have gotten out and returned to the door somehow, because that was where he found his body. We buried him out by the kennels. 
and she breaks down completely. And it doesn't... You don't feel like you're going to be able to pull her together enough in the near future to get anything further out of Ferna. The other blood stain could have been from the dog. Mm. That's what I was thinking. That he had been disturbing her sleep as of late. What if it wasn't the dog that had been disturbing her sleep? What if I it wasn't her that asked you, the dog to get rid of I assume. Yeah. Take your leave from this now yeah. just bawling heap of a woman. Mm -hmm. I discuss your, your thoughts, you. Do we want to go to the tower to see if somebody has put that teleportation circle back into use? It's not a bad idea. I, I personally got I I'd like to see the body. Body first, tower second. Could also see about the body of the dog. Yeah, that so they we buried should it. do as well. Buried it next to the kennels. I guess we're gonna go digging then. So that about is what Dara hears as he continues <laughs> pouring over the bedchamber. It turns around to, I guess we're gonna go digging then from Kahina as you round the corner of the door. Nothing else. I have found nothing else in the room. Apparently there was some oddness with the dog um, from both the guards and from the handmaiden. Um, the dog, the blood stain you found next to the door was the dog. I'm going to go dig up the dog. I'll meet you uh, at Utropia's body. It definitely bothers me that she asked to, for the dog to be not in the room. She loved that dog. There's no way, right? She did super love that dog. Disturb her sleep. She, she also had no control over that dog, as we saw various times, and could have absolutely been disturbing her sleep. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm scratching Yes, maybe closet. if he was possibly warning her. I mean, he gets he got excited whenever he saw anyone that wasn't them. So if there was somebody, I don't know, maybe, that isn't usually in the palace, like how we are and he reacted to us or always someone was that hiding way. in her room someone was hiding in her room you would say there's not a whole they... lot of places to hide in her room it doesn't well, even there's a like big a... closet ah. yeah it's like a big wardrobe but there's not even like a separate like the only doors to her room are the ones that lead in okay so but, the closet's like a big standing wardrobe and but you know if that's a is is this place even warded from being able to teleport in like probably not the palace, not a is. fortress. Probably not. The palace, not a fortress. I teleported it. Yeah, you actually... He literally <laughs> teleported here, like, when you guys got... Three of you did! Three of the yeah. four of you teleported here. Yeah, it, it was outside, well, to be fair. Which, but, uh, which, out of character, I'm surprisingly disappointed about. Yeah, like, seriously. The freaking princess... Empress here. Empress, and, like, zero guards, zero protection, nothing. Man. Yeah. I agree. Well, my yeah, security I'm... is crap. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah, bad. Mar especially with Martella here. That makes yeah. humans just awful. All right. Uh, I'm going to go dig up a dead dog. So, is anyone so. joining Kahina to go dig up a dead dog? Or are the other three of you going to head to find the body? 
Uh, I would like to find Buddy. I would go to the Buddy too. Taylor? You want to dig up a dead dog or you want to go to the Buddy? Or you want to go to the portal thing? You want to go see a dead body? Hey, you guys want to go see a dead body? Really? Man, I'd go with sticks. There's no reason we can't all see both, I guess. Yeah, but... I'm gonna go get the dog and bring it back so we can examine them. Oh, so, God. I mean, I just... there's no need to be taking the dog anywhere. Oh, you can the just dog. look at it, so uncover three, it, see you where it is. We'll spend some time uh, getting access to Eutropia's body as Kahina and probably a couple, of, maybe a servant or two, unless she wants to do this herself. No, I don't dig. So some servants and not Kahina go to dig up the dog's remains. Uh, the three of you would be granted access by Curious to the family crypt where Empress Eutropia's body is currently being prepared by a pair of clerics in the antechamber for the funeral tomorrow. Uh, the dog, exhumed from its grave, has definitely started to decompose. I mean, it's just like it was just a dog in a hole. So, uh, the dead dog in a hole. So the four of you can investigate them in either order, I suppose. What do you want to start? Let's get no. the dog out of the way, I guess. Uh, I yeah, before we, head to the, before we head to the crypt, <laughs> yeah. we can start with Teltogus. So, you have a decomposing dead dog. Roll me, yes. like, we can start with just a survival or a heal check. I can do a survival check. Go, go, Dara's survival check. Uh, 34. That's pretty hot. That'll do it. So it's very clear that the dog was stabbed multiple times uh, as the cause of death. Even in the decomposing body, that's pretty obvious. But... As you start to look through, knowing what to check for uh, with your survival skill, with your training and your experience, you look in the dog's mouth. You find some shreds of bloodied cloth and scraps of flesh that are definitely not Paldogus's. He took a chunk out of somebody before he died. Good dog. And you got a 34? Yeah. So, seeing that, you would check further. It's not impossible that with the amount of flesh to still be notable in a decomposing dog's mouth, he got a good bite out of somebody. You kind of feel further down Teldogus' decomposing body. It's incredibly unpleasant and gross, but it's what we have to do. And you determine that there is a hard object in his stomach. And there's kind of only one way to get it. Well, autopsy. Autopsy doggy style. Cutting open Taldogus's stomach has a key. Small, key. maybe the size of a finger. The small, tarnished, golden key. Uh, you can see with the the way it's in his stomach and with the amount of flesh and cloth he has in his mouth, it seems like he got a chunk of somebody and also a pretty good chunk of pocket. And a key came with it. 
Helldogus was a good boy. This was a very good dog. I think this was a very good dog, and I think we should tell uh, Sir Prince Carius to get another dog because they are apparently fabulous around here. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some of that flesh, by the way, for later. You're more than welcome to all. Kind of figured flesh. you'd need it. That's actually a whole section in here, so <laughs> go ahead and take a chunk of that flesh. <laughs> Later. Yeah, no, that's uh, Paizo has actually figured out how to write adventures for high level characters, so that is very much addressed. I would be surprised if you didn't. So we take a chunk of that flesh. <laughs> and uh looking over the key, the Baylor keeps the man meat from Teldogus's mouth. Uh wrapping Wrap up in a up, small parcel, it. yeah, to hang on to it. And looking over the key, it's tied with a very ornate bow decorated with Taldor's coat of arms. And as you look this over, I'm going to go ahead and assume only Baylor has knowledge history. Mm-hmm. Want to roll that for me? What's the lowest you can get? Just out of morbid curiosity. Uh, lowest I can get is 17. Oh, your knowledge history is not as good as some of the other ones. That's I got a 31, though. 31's pretty hot. Uh, with a 31, you would recognize this coat of arms. as It's actually slightly modified. Uh, slightly older, as a matter of fact. This is the coat of arms for the nation roughly two centuries ago. This is an old key. Either this key is 200 years old or somebody just really liked the old style. I mean, the key looks like it's very tarnished and worn. The key, you would absolutely believe it's 200 years old. It's not a shining golden fresh key. Uh, it's visibly a very old key. This key is old. To... I do time magic. I know this. <laughs> By the power of my chronomancy, I can tell you this is very old. Question uh, old is, key. if we take the key ring that we were given, and we look at this key and start comparing the teeth and the key, none of them does will it match ma up at all. None of them. It's match. not even the same style of key as any that are used in the oh. Palace of Birdsong. These uh, Birdsong keys are pretty small, somewhat, uh, or fairly large rather. Because the Palace of Birdsong is much bolder than that, honestly. Uh, they're old, almost skeleton key style with massive teeth that just fit in a lock. You, lock, you could fit a whole finger in. This key is old, but not that old. It's a Does slightly it more modern style. Like it could, I mean, when we were looking through the room, the jewelry cabinet or whatever was it. Did it have a place for a key? Was it locked? I mean, they're all, they all have places for keys, but uh, you don't immediately recognize that this would fit in any of them. And an examination would follow up and tell you that it does not. Is there anything else we want with Aldogus? I have flesh and a key. <laughs> Baylor's got a flesh nugget for reasons. And you guys have a weird old key that he appears to have eaten off of somebody. I would, also, he was very stabbed. I would still probably pet. You mean even his head, even if it's starting to decompose, I would still pet his head. I mean, you did like, just you... cut his stomach open. So I mean, like yeah. a list of things that are gross. It's not even there. I am sorry, doggo, but you did a good job. You, you did a very good. You dog. were a good doggo. Tell I dog think we should get Cody as a dog. <laughs> It also makes me wonder, if the dog had to be stabbed this many times, it had to have made a noise. Dogs don't just die quietly. I mean, he's a fairly large hunting dog. Yeah. He's not like a Great Dane or anything, but he's a pretty big hunting dog. 
It'd take a, probably a couple decent stabs to put this dog down if he's attacking you. Mm -hmm. And dogs are going to growl and bark. He's a big boy. How would she not have, if somebody came, even if they were coming up, teleported in, came up behind her, like, how would she not have heard the dog? How would nobody else have heard the dog? Like, this, it doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense. There's the only other way. Magics. I mean, dampening magics, and even with things like that, I mean, she would have had to been asleep sitting there. It just. It bothers me. Unless she was killed first and then the dog. But I don't feel like the dog would have let the intruder anywhere near her. Is if there he was any, in the room. any, like, mm, as far as the layout of this entire palace, yeah. could we get, like, the schematics of it? Is there any, like, super, maybe ancient access routes that maybe you this. You don't make me unarchive the freaking palace of birds on that. <laughs> I mean, right. because if the no, key is super like, old, it might be, like. like some kind of secret way in. The easiest way to do this is literally going to be to drag us all on a magical adventure to <laughs> over here. Book and two. <laughs> zooming the hell out. So the Palace of Birdsong is a fairly simple building. It's extravagant, it's large, but it's fairly simple. Uh, the only means of ingress are the set of a series of front doors and back doors. Entrances from that back porch do loop largely around, but outside of that, it's just the servant's entrance over here on the far eastern side. You come into a large entryway, a foyer, and several uh, recreational areas, uh, and just in the in the entrance. And you know that massive ballroom is in the northeast corner. Uh, the southeast whole section is largely servants' areas. Quarters for them to sleep, kitchens, all of that. To the west is the main offshoot wing for the guest beds. That's where you guys usually stayed when you came here. And then north of that is the Tower of Stuff That Is Bad, which has at this point largely been reclaimed. Upstairs follows a very similar theme. Above the downstairs servants' quarters, there are stairs that lead directly from the lower up to the upper series of beds, and there's a ton of guest bedrooms and servants' quarters on just the eastern side of the upstairs. Uh, the office is a small chapel, and then the royal suites on the west. And I lied to you, they do actually have private bathrooms. So I guess there is technically a bathroom you could hide in. I was the wrong on that one. Uh, space throughout are occasional just small lounging areas. But here, you can just see the entire Palace of Birdsong. Oh. Suppose we should go look at their body. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Oh, <clears throat> well, yeah, let's get on with that. So the part that nobody really wants to do because there's just no way to not make this uncomfortable. But it has to be done. The group of you head out to the Stavian family crypt behind the Palace of Birdsong, where, as they said, a pair of clerics are currently in the antechamber. 
man and a woman. They both nod solemnly to you as you enter. And the woman speaks up. I'll take the liberty of assuming that the Prince Carius has granted the group of you permission to inspect the body. I know Lady Martella had told us that you were coming to help get to the bottom of this heinous crime. We'll help you as we can. Thank you. Neutropia's body would lie on a plain, simple, flat slab, covered with an equally simple, gauzy, white sheet. Uh, it's somewhat transparent, and you can see her form underneath the sheet, uh, pale and still with her arms folded and crossed over her chest. Uh, she has been dressed in a very basic white robe underneath, with a golden medallion and a Stavian crest coat of arms looped around her neck. She just looks asleep. She doesn't look like anything is immediately visibly wrong. It's more unsettling than you expect expected, given the amount of death that you have all seen. This is a very different form of it. So was her body healed from them trying to resurrect her? No. Uh, the spell had failed completely. Archbanker Lady Peril cast her strongest magics to attempt to re uh, return the Grand Empress Eutropia's soul back to her body, but at the end of her incantations, even with our best support and the best of her abilities, it failed utterly. No effect was had. It fizzled, they called it. The Can body we... was then left unhealed for, well, this exact reason. The wound. Yeah, we'll we need, need to see the wound. Of course. Um, Harold. And she motions the other one to the other cleric there, and they carefully withdraw the sheet and undress the Empress from her robe and turn her over on the slab. As they do, the cleric continues giving you the brief, but it's everything she knows is fairly evident. Eutropia was stabbed one single time from behind. There are no other visible wounds anywhere on her body. Give me a heal check. No. I was oh. going to say detect magic on the wound, but... Oh, you can also detect magic. Yeah, you can certainly no. also give a casting of detect magic as a more standard Oof. forensic and uh, inspection takes place. Heal check with stab 12 for me. And a 36 uh, She was stabbed and she died. 36, yeah, and 36, 36 for, for 36 I have for been Baylor. studying things other than magic. I know medical stuff now. Clearly, I'm <laughs> a real like doctor now. Dr. So, yeah, Dara, this is sort of beyond you. Your medical and healing knowledge extends to, like, triaging field wounds. Uh, but, well, doesn't really help you investigate like this. Now, with your heal check, Baylor, with your knowledge, you can learn a lot that is pretty similar to, uh, it kind of verifies what you saw upstairs. She was stabbed once and fell forward, spraying the blood all over the mirror and the table and bled to death in probably a minute or two. Uh, if inspection of the stab wound, looking through, you can tell that it nicked her heart, 
but didn't actually pierce it. So in the back, then. Yeah, right in the back. Uh, but it, the, the way that it had just barely nicked an artery off of the heart means it would have taken her a full minute or two to bleed to death. She didn't die particularly quickly. So that means it's not professional, then. Because no, a pro, pro would have hit the heart, I would think. One minute is a Not necessarily. Not to call for help. A minute of, well... If somebody wanted someone to suffer. You would also note that the Inori, you would recognize this without any kind of check. This renowned duelist has no defensive wounds whatsoever on her hands or arms. She did not at any time attempt to fight back. And she was definitely sitting and the mirror was in front of her. So she would have seen it coming unless they were invisible or... Or if it was a quick teleport in and immediately stabbed her. Even a teleport, she would have seen it. I mean, some kind yeah. of defensive attempt. Nothing. Mm -hmm. This is either... And if it was a super trained assassin like this, I, I, I just assume it would be directly into the heart, not a, not a miss. I'm, I'm... What about... Poisons and/or yeah, what did she sort of eat, ingest the beforehand? Or some sort of poison on the blade to incapacitate her. Do you have well. any kind of a way to detect poisons or anything in her body? Because that's not something you could just like look at and see. Yeah, I don't think I do. Unfortunately, neither do I. To the clerics. Uh, what levels detect poison? Hey, CR are... knows all chemical stuff. Is there? <laughs> Two. Oh, detect poison is quite literally a, a cantrip. Yeah, I would definitely nice. say either cleric can do that. Uh, I thought for, it was much more difficult than that, but uh, um, it's literally a cantrip. So yeah, be, magic, either, bro. Either the cleric or uh, could, with a quick casting, determine that, as far as they can tell, there are no traces of any poisons or anything in Eutropia's body. Stuff doesn't make sense. I mean, there's nothing. No, yeah, there's, no there's other. There's not a lot to look at. It's, it's one simple stab wound that's been cleaned up now, and it's just a mm. hole in Eutropia's back. Been dead for two days. She's long past bleeding. How about the murder weapon? Did you guys find it? I mean, did we have one? No, that, there wasn't any evidence at all. Nothing left behind, save for Empress Eutropia Stavian herself and the circumstances. Hey, Baylor, is there any way... I've seen you repair Mel's armor before. I'm not super familiar with that school of magic, but you reverse engineer that scroll and bring it back to what it was somehow just to determine what it cast? Or the piece of porcelain we found? Or the, even that, or even the porcelain. Bringing it back, no. Finding the owner, yes. So this brings up a question. If you have a stick 
and you break the stick in half. Can you cast Make Whole on both halves and have two stick? Hmm. I don't think so, because I you think... You tell us. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm... I would say greater Make Whole, probably. But, like, that's... That's a weird one. I, yeah, I, 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 I think... I actually like, don't know if you could cast Greater Mag Hull on a tiny porcelain fragment and have it turn back into what it was. Because I don't that think opens you could. And I think with the tiny piece of a scroll, I think the best you would end up with would be a blank, a blank piece scroll. of scroll piece. Yeah, paper. definitely yeah. get a blank scroll there. How does a Hail Mary pass? Um, I... It specifically says single-use items and items with charges cannot be repaired via make hole. So it actually calls out specifically you cannot repair a scroll with make hole. Um, Try with the porcelain, it, and if it does not work, then it's with, a second Yeah, setup. greater make hole is a fourth-level spell, and this is a non-magical object. I... This is a strange can of worms. <laughs> this is an odd one that I I'm gonna this is here's my ruling I will let you cast this is so weird can you break a thing in half and cast greater make hole on both halves and have two things that's like that has huge rule implications didn't we do it with the knife somehow like mm. we had both halves we had both halves, you had both halves. yeah you greater make hold it back together I would say because you can specifically greater make whole something that's completely destroyed. That's like at zero hit points. But that just means it's completely unusable. It doesn't mean it's freaking powder. I don't well, think, think about a Nell's fragment. Armor. Okay, well, I'm, my ruling okay. little for piece tiny tiny fragment isn't enough to okay. make that's whole fair. back to what the thing originally was. You cannot was break a thing shot. and cast make whole twice and have two things. It was worth a shot. Yeah, just that's to see. that's a weird one, and I'm not sure if I'm right, but that's how I'm ruling it. It's it's less of can we have two uh, well it's less yeah it's not of, like, can we have two things but the implication of that is that you can have yeah. two things yeah so I'm rolling it no you gotta you gotta have the majority of what the thing was it's not like it's not fabricating it's repairing right if you, if you had a bunch of completely desiccated pieces of a thing you could greater make all it together but it's not generating a new object out of a tiny piece mm -hmm. okay alrighty then. So we have a key, we have some flesh, uh, and we have maybe a way to figure out who they belong to. I can determine exactly where whoever the person is this flesh belonged to is. Okay. You could. You could determine that, like, for, that's would be almost that probably determine the killer, I would think, right? Yeah. Or that seems pretty open and shut to me. Yeah. I mean, just... uh, after I'm assuming we're walking away from the clerics at this point, as you are, so that as we're you discussing are, you, you amongst take ourselves. Take your leave as they set the Empress's body back. How it was. So as they're doing that, I'm going to say to the tower. So, want to go to the tower? I want to make sure that the teleportation circle hasn't been fixed. Heading back upstairs to the top of the tower where you'd originally 
faced off with Ellers, the Sakheel, and saved Nori from a terrible mistake, the teleportation circle would still be as diamond sprayed as it was the last time you saw it. Uh, still with deep gouges and shreds through it. It's marred beyond use. It doesn't even appear to have been tended to in the intervening time. Okay. Well, how long would this take you, Bilor? Ten minutes. Get enough places anywhere to do it. And well, it's... Do we want to wait for... I, I guess that maybe time is not on our side. It's not gonna tell me a lot, but it will tell me where the person currently is. Do you have to use the whole... Uh, all, all of the evidence we have, or...? He needs his flesh nugget. Well, can we do it more than once if we dice it up? Uh, it, it doesn't consume it. Oh, okay. It's just, I need... Oh. In order for this spell to work, I need something that belonged to the person I'm trying to find. And I figure their literal flesh is about Yeah, there's the definitely a whole oh, section here about using the flesh nugget for scrying or greater scrying. Yeah, this is a high-level adventure at this point. This the, uh... is not scrying or greater scrying. Oh, uh, what are you doing? This is discern location. Whoa! Let's see, I'm pretty sure it also mentions that one specifically. Discern location is also thing it's called out so somewhere. With your... This is a control F, the PDF is what this one is. Because there's definitely a specific answer to this. With the flesh nugget. Like with the teeth. Oh, they have to be dead, don't they, for you to change into them. Yes, to take someone's appearance, it needs to be the flesh of or a someone who died recently. Mm. All jokes aside, do you want to be Princess Eutropia? <laughs> if we can't find her, kill her quickly, and we don't want to announce to the world she's dead, someone may have to be. Well, do you want to cast your... I... Spell, Baylor. Wow. I didn't realize this was such a high-level spell, actually. Discern location. Uh, that, yep, that's exactly that's what you're looking for. That's that's the correct answer. Yeah. You ain't playing games. So... Yeah, it does also specifically call out that the flesh can be used for this purpose. So, yes. For this specific spell, even. They've so gotten a little gonna... better at accommodating high-level play. This is going to take me ten minutes, so I'm going to find somewhere to do this. Well, you are currently at the top of a tower by a ruined teleportation circle. That one's going to bug you up here. It looks like it hasn't been touched in the years since you were here. Yeah, you yeah, were probably the last like, people here. Panavar's loaded bedroom over here that's still pretty, probably opulent and untouched. All right. So mechanically, I'm going to explain this just because it's the first time I ever get to do it. I have a bonded object now and can once a day cast a spell that I did not have prepared. Oh, so, yay. <laughs> okay. I was just about to ask, how did you do that? So then with that and your 10 minutes, your bond, what is your bonded object? What are you doing, Baylor? I made it the envoy ring, because you can make already uh, magical items into your bonded object. Wasn't enough power in this ring. Needs more. 
Well, it's like there's so much power in you this ring. I want to make it a focus of my own. <laughs> you you had in the intervening years fully explored the power in this ring. There is nothing further in there for you. So you have now forged a connection with such a powerful artifact. And with 10 minutes of uh, with consulting with it and 10 minutes of uh, casting a powerful spell, you would use the flesh nugget from Taldogus' mouth to discern the location of the creature from whence it came. Imperial Archives and the Hyden Marches. Taldor, the inner sea region, material plane. Certain location gives you very specific information. It is a quite powerful spell. And thinking about it, this isn't the first time you've heard mention of the Hyden Merches. Though you have to reach very far back to think about where you'd heard it before. Uh, let me get a wisdom check, Baylor. Let's see. No Ooh. idea. Yeah, you've learned so much in the past years. You know you've heard that. I mean, you know vaguely where that is in Taldor. You're aware it's a place that exists. But, uh... You're not entirely positive where you'd heard it. Mentioned. Well, give me a knowledge of geography, then. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. The only thing that you would really know about the Hyden Marches, if you're, I'm assuming, sharing with the party the fruits of your labors, is that... Uh, what? I will. Is that it is in one of Taldor's many just kind of forgotten areas. Uh, it's in the foothills of the World's Edge Mountains out in the Porthmus Prefecture, which I believe is way out to the east. So almost opposite side of Taldor from here. And the only thing you really know of it is that it's an old abandoned mining community. That has been forsaken for decades, if not centuries. And when he says that, I would... <laughs> care to share with the rest of the class in Ori, but I'm pretty sure I can guess. So, I'm sure you could all guess I haven't given up trying to find Jareth, and uh, I got to a point where it's he's gone to ground, I, nothing, right? So I started trying to figure out other ways of doing it, magical means, and 
through some contacts and maybe some underground connections, I managed to acquire a uh, crystal ball. Tried to scry on him a few times. <laughs> All right. Almost every day. I've tried to scry on him. And I saw him one time in all the times that I've attempted. And the only thing that I could really put together was that he was near a mining town. That's a pretty strong coincidence to leave off this episode of the War for the Crown on, I suppose. Coincidence, perhaps, or maybe. Just maybe.